brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using it. You're listening to Software, special ops news and information straight from the experts. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Webb, Jack Murphy, and the rest of the boys at Software. Softrep.com, on time, on target, and I'm psyched because this is the first show with Jason Delgado, fresh off the success of Bounty Hunter 4.3 here as a full-time host. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked, man. Like, I just want to tell the people out there in uh, podcast land that, you know, I've got a lot of criticism on the way I do these things. But You've gotten I, both, though. You've I have. I've gotten praise and, 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 and criticism, too, but I, I just want to say that I am going to take this serious, all right? Yeah, man. I'm going to take this serious, and I'm going to do you guys justice, all right? Thanks for giving me this shot, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I'll be totally uh, candid here and say that I remember when I first came on, it was brutal, the amount of people who liked the host here before me, <laughs> and I've gone to soft rep events since, and people have come up to me, and they've been like, hey... I wasn't your biggest fan when you first came on board. I love what you do now. So, you know, I think it's great to change some people's opinions. But the reason we're even doing this is from the first time you were ever on the show, people really dug you as a guest. And they were like, Jason tells stories like no other. Uh, And that's how the book came about. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think overwhelmingly the feedback is positive. But at the same time, man, constructive criticism, there's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, the way the way I live my life is I'm 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 forever a student you know i I i'm never gonna sit here and say i know it all on any topic you know i'm always gonna be ears open to that criticism because as you take that advice you get better it just it's steel sharpening steel you know especially when you you know i face my critics i face my haters you know what i mean but i i also take what they say with a grain of salt is what i'm saying you know obviously some of it is is negative and you know they're derogatory but you know, it's like that saying, behind every joke is a bit of truth. So I kind of take what they're saying to me and I kind of analyze it and say, you know, maybe I can, you know, yeah. do better in this. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the hate. Yeah. <laughs> no, we all can, though, because with me, one of the things, too, is uh, people always ask me, how long does it take to edit the show? I edit the whole thing in real time partially because I want to listen back and be like, yeah. fuck, I could have said this differently. I'm like my biggest critic. And it's good because it makes me get better. Every it's like it's time. like me and tattooing. I, I rarely, rarely love my work. Really? And it's crazy. And I think some of the best artists will feel or some other artists will feel similar to, you know, to that because we're our biggest critics, like you say. So I will knock something out where someone will be like, oh, that's phenomenal. But I'll look at it and I'm like, mm, it's not where I wanted to be, you know. And I think that's important, you know, important as far as keeping that drive and, and that ambition to try to be the best to try to be better so it's just it's just something of me you know i it's like cooks you know i rarely see cooks like their own food you know what i mean really yeah it's kind of yeah I, I, you think about it like if someone's cooking like if you cook for someone you know they'll eat it they'll like it. i'm like oh man it was good ian and then you'll be like mm, yeah i don't know it's all right you know because you're like yeah, overly you're critical, critical of yourself yeah so but i think a humble person needs that you know, and especially if they're looking to succeed or excel to a certain level, you know, you need to have that criticism about yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, with that, with that out of the way and moving <laughs> on to important things, I was going to talk about you being back from Puerto Rico and we'd get oh, into man. all that. But um, 
basically a couple hours before we got in here, we got word of like yeah. a major terrorist attack in New York City. So eight dead in lower Manhattan, uh, a man driving a Home Depot truck through the yeah. bike lane, shouted Allahu Akbar, uh, shot dead by NYPD. And the crazy thing was I texted Jason originally and the article in the New York Times made it sound like we have no idea someone, who this man I, is. I, I you know? Someone texted me, too, and say, and, and their headline, the one they received, says something along the effects of reckless driver, you know, <laughs> plows yeah. into. You know, so it's, it, it's crazy how, I, I want to say the left, the left-wing media. Kinda, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair to say, right? It, you know, kind of tries to stay away from calling a spade a spade. You know, we talked about this a few podcasts ago. Um, it's it's crazy to me. It really is, you know, especially when you hear the, you know, oh, he plowed through, uh, tried to plow through a school bus. He did plow through a school bus. There was two children and two adults on that school bus. Wow. Then he plowed through, or I'm not sure of the timeline, then, you know, plowed through the bike lane. And then got out and started yelling Alu Akbar. There was some reports that he had a weapon and was firing. There were some reports that there was multiple subsec, uh, suspects. And also I heard one where it was he was shooting a paintball gun or a BB gun. <laughs> so, but yet yeah. still yelling Alu Akbar after killing you know multiple people. Did he point the BB gun or anything I, I'm at not cops sure because um, the only person that really had the, a detailed account as to what happened was a, a passerby. And what he was saying was by the time he got there, um, the cops already had the individual, uh, like someone was on the floor, another person was on their knees with their hands behind their back, and they were yelling, uh, go get another suspect, he ran into the park. Um, so that's it's, it's still confusing. Hopefully, with the investigation, um, you know, maybe by tomorrow we'll kind of hone in on exactly yeah, what I'm happened. Yeah, I'm thinking like by the time we put yeah. this up, there'll be a little bit more information. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I but man. you know, it's it's just crazy to me how they they intentionally force the narrative away from what everyone already knows what it is. Islamic terrorism. Yeah, yeah. and then you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing uh, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, and, and, and when he was addressing. Um, you know, uh, during his address to, to the public, he said uh, something along the line is, uh, truth is, uh, New York is an, uh, what is this? Uh, yeah, an innovation, or an, is a symbol of freedom and democracy, and therefore be, making ourselves a target, right? And then he says, you know, we have to, we have to continue life, you know, as New Yorkers, as if nothing ever happened, and we can't really change our way of life, because then they would win, and you know, I don't know if I totally agree with that because we've been kind of following the same mantra since 9-11, you know, even since prior to that. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's like, OK, when are we going to actually be proactive in this? That's what I would like to see. Well, would you say that they're just saying that because, you know, you do see like a huge show of force of the oh, NYPD of walking around. You go to Penn Station. But that's NYPD. What if this happened in L.A.? Yeah. You know, NYPD has been building up their their forces should I say, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, their their manpower for for it's years now. Force, yeah, so. it's police force. I mean, well, I don't even know what their payroll, uh, what their um, numbers are. But last I heard, was almost sixty thousand police officers in the New York City area, the metropolitan area. That's and ridiculous. The fact that they're guarding Melania Trump and Baron There's Trump. There's a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, and yeah, now you're talking about federal assets and all that. I'm just saying it. You know, it it's adds crazy. to that police presence in New York. And then, I mean, New York really is. I would say a staple of a municipality working with 
federal law enforcement and, and making it work. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you got programs like Haida over here and stuff like that. And, and you know, they, they're, you know, NYPD officers that uh, work on a federal level as far as intelligence gathering, things of that uh, nature. But it works well. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not bagging on them as far as this. I'm not blaming them for this happening. Obviously, remember, we talked about it. if someone wants to do something to you, they're going to do it. Yeah. But my point is um, they they grew their force to such a huge number that, yeah, their show of force is naturally going to be a powerful one. But what if the, the, this did occur somewhere like Dallas or like L.A. where, you know, the numbers aren't quite there like NYPD, you know, um, what's what's happening behind the scenes? Like, are we really... Are we really investigating, you know, some of these uh, Islamic extremist hotspots, you know, some of these, you know, uh, crazy rhetoric, uh, anti-American rhetoric spewing, you know, mosques? Are, I mean, are, do we have people there? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, could this have been pre- prevented? You know, all these things kind of like jump into my mind as a citizen of New sure. York. You know, I think that's it's on the mind of everyone else. What I'm afraid of is when I hear that the, the alt left, you know, kind of like wash this out. I just I don't want that to happen. I, I want this to be at the forefront of everyone's minds because you know it's that combat mindset. I want people to walk around not in La La Land and kind of like think to themselves, this might happen at any given time. So, and I think that's the only way they can really truly prepare themselves for you know the inevitable or that. Because yeah. in, in this day and age, it's it's, it's look look. We're talking about London. We're talking about. I mean, in London's what's been um, not London, but in Europe, it's it's what's been happening frequently with these lone wolf attacks. Is what they're calling them. Yeah. So I mean, we're starting to see this now, and how brazen is that to do it? Like you said, man, downtown Manhattan off the West Side Highway, where I mean, this ain't Queens, man. This ain't the Bronx. You know, this ain't Yonkers. You know, this is downtown Manhattan, where there's probably three or four co- cops on every. Block, sure. yeah, you know, so that's pretty brazen. So you know, it makes you wonder, like, hmm, you know, what else is out there, and what are we doing about it? I just want to, I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel safe. I want to know that we're not just sweeping this under the rug. That's it. You know, yeah. I, I would like my governor to talk a little bit more tougher. Yeah, no, that's well said, man. <laughs> um, well, before we get to Nick Irving, who of course is like a favorite on the show, um, I said that this happened like a few hours ago. We're kind of doing this now as like a night shift because you were telling me you were like, "Hey, I want a tattoo during the day, uh, hang out with my kids during the day," which I yeah. which I completely get, and I kind of dig this. Like, I went for my run this morning, or actually afternoon, and then got to come here. Okay. Like, I I dig that. Um, and I said to you when you walked in here, and I guess we'll get into the Puerto Rico thing, I was like, you look like you lost a pretty good amount yeah. of weight. So I, I don't know if you weight, want to get so into that story. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm selling a new uh, weight loss plan. It's, <laughs> it's called a round trip ticket to Puerto Rico for over a week because, yeah, you know, the, the situation over there is pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I kind of, I'm going to get into it just a little bit because we have it, like man. a few minutes yeah. here. Um, so just to highlight the contradiction i think puerto rico is the only place where you can buy a thirty thousand dollar diamond ring and not be able to get a bag of ice <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean i don't understand it it blows my mind dealerships are still open the malls are still open burger king and mcdonald's is in full swing but you have to stand in line for six hours for a bag of half melted ice and there's no power and then on top of that you know UPS and USPS, they're telling people that, okay, we can ship your items over here and they'll get there in time. They'll even give you a date as to when they'll arrive. 
And when you get there and they don't arrive and you're backed up by four or five days and you're at their facility or you're on the phone waiting for two hours to speak to a representative, all they can tell you is, oh, because of the situation, uh, things are just uh, a little slower. We can't give you a time when your stuff is going to be delivered. So it's like it's hard to say that that's not intentional. You understand where I'm going with this? It's like, cause if people had their power plants or had their generators that they call them plants over there, I'm sorry. Yeah. They call them plantas. Um, if people were able to get their generators and get the supplies that all these nonprofits over here in the, in the States sent, if they were able to get this, how much would they really need those multimillion dollar contractors over there? They wouldn't. So you think it's politics? I it's think it's politics. I think, I, and I've been in the contractor world, so I'm going to call it right now. And if anyone dares to investigate this, I am calling it right now. I'll put money on it that they'll find some wrongdoing here. Um, I've never known UPS to be not uh, reliant. you know. Yeah. And we went private for a reason. We went UPS and not USPS for a reason because we said, okay, it's private. You know, uh, they're <laughs> You know, their their workers are uh, live by a capitalist, you know, code. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, we got to be the first and the best, you know. So but that's not the case over there. Um, I went to go pick up my generator that was six days late and we sent it out a week, two weeks before we flew. And now it's coming time for us to leave the island. And our grandparents, you know, my grandmother has COPD. My grandfather has diabetes, which needs his insulin refrigerated. Um, and we're about to leave them without being able to accomplish what we set out to do. So I'm, I'm at the UPS and I'm like, hey, a buddy of mine uh, kind of uh, went into their system. He, he's a UPS worker. And he went into the system and said, this last place that was checked in is this place. So I get down there and I say, you know, you know, here's my tracking number. Yeah. What do you got for me? And the first thing the lady says, oh, I don't see it here. Um, give it a few days. And I was like, mm. I'm not going to buy this right now. So I showed her a screenshot of their system, and I said, look, it's here. It was checked in here. Then she, like, blows up and says, oh, I'm not going to be yelled at. You can't yell at me. I'm not going to deal with you. Security, come get this guy. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. So I snapped. You know me. So I had a couple of security guards and police officers approach me, and I just threatened <laughs> to smack all, smack all of them. Damn, um, yeah, no, I almost got locked up for real, bro. Wouldn't have been here doing the show with me. Yeah, I know, bro. But it was like my grandparents, yeah, you know, and, and I, I was I was emotionally invested. But then and, again, uh, to be fair, yeah. there's probably so many people oh, in there yeah. with the same but attitude that yeah, you have. Exactly. And and it's bro- it's gotta I be guess, hard to deal yeah, with on all ends. And I guess that was kind of her defense mechanism or whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is my generator was there. Yeah. But the issue that long and behold uh came uh, or arose was that it was still in the shipping container three high. A stack three high in their warehouse, and they didn't want to bring it down. It was been there for six days. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, you guys, you know, as a businessman, I'm thinking to myself, you guys know you have a problem with one, offloading your shipping containers, two, getting them on the trucks and out into the countryside because the main cities like San Juan, Moca, Rio Piedra, those are huge cities and they're functioning well. They even have power. It's the people in the countryside that are suffering. So, you know, I'm like, okay, you guys see this issue. Why don't you just let everyone know, okay, we're not delivering no more. Just come to the hub and pick it up from the hub. Yeah. Problem solved. You don't have to worry about drivers. You don't have to worry about gasoline, right? No. 
they refuse to give you your property. And they say you're at the mercy of whatever the hell it is you're at the mercy of. So, and like I said, then to see that, that contradiction from going to that to going into the Mall of America and, you know, seeing Zale still open, you know, selling diamonds and Burger King pumping it's out really burgers. Odd. It's like it blows my mind. And I'm like, how are they getting their burger patties, but I can't get my generator when I know where it's located at? So that, that to me Makes is Makes me just, feel like the burgers have probably been there for months. And- no, dude. <laughs> Because let me tell you, the Mall of America or the malls in general are the only place where the power is in full swing. And obviously it's privatized. So, you know, whatever you want to speculate on that. But think about it. The entire city is there because that's the only place where air conditioning. That's the only place where you could get dinner, lunch, you know, of substance, of, of protein. So, you know, that place is packed and they're selling tons and tons of this stuff. So, come on. How can a little kiosk, a restaurant keep serving thousands of people daily without getting their supplies in. It's impossible. So, you know, that, that stuff to me is logic. You know, I, I, and that would let, that's what led me to believe that it's somewhat intentional. So I'm not sure, but I think a lot of stuff is going to come from this later on as to, you know, negligence or, you know, mishandling of, you know, uh, you know disaster relief. Yeah, you know, and this so. is coming from someone who was there. So I guess the one question I would ask then uh, for our audience wondering from like a guy they rely on who uh, who was actually there, saw what was going on, and they want to help out. Like, do you know any organization so, that you feel is getting the job done? So I got a couple of buddies that have started nonprofits, and they're you now they're collecting items. And the crazy part is, like these guys, you know, they they're in full swing in Houston. Um, they're in full uh, full swing in Florida, where you know all these disaster recent disasters hit. And they've been able been able to make an impact and get some sort of recognition. And so now, you know, there's people backing them and supporting them. And they get they call me while I'm out there and like, hey, we saw your post. What is the best way for us to get our yeah. stuff out there? So what I heard the best way was to go through an independent moving company like Embarco or Mayflower or those people that actually have ships, that actually have trucks. And you could donate to them? No, use them for your transportation. But I just mean if someone... As far as donating, I mean, it it just depends on who you're donating to and who they use. Because who you're donating to, I'm not saying they don't have intentions of getting the items there. They do. They they all do. The problem is who they're using for their transport. And they're at the mercy of that. That's the message. But I just wonder for like the guy listening right now who lives in Arkansas or something, no connection at all to Puerto Rico. And he's like, hey, I just want to do the right thing. Help out my fellow Americans because they are. Americans. Put it like this: I have yet to hear of anything getting to the island. A buddy of mine that um, I, I it's, what was his company called? Um, Regular guys, um, regular guys. Uh, it's a nonprofit. Uh, buddy of mine, Eric, uh, he started it out in uh, uh, Texas for, from the uh, disaster over there, right? And they're telling me that they've got a bunch of generators and chainsaws and stuff like that, and all the stuff they collected is still like. You know, they, they're still not they're, they're not sure who to go to to transport the stuff. I even heard from another source that the stuff they did they collect is still sitting on the airport in North Carolina for over three weeks. Yeah. So no one's making an effort to move the stuff that people are donating to the island. You get it? Yeah, I just wonder, like, what do you say no to someone who knows. says, I want to help? No one knows. I don't help? know. Exactly. Do you think it's worth them it, donating? And I here's, mean- here's my point. So before you donate to someone actually find out their their chain of custody and and see if anything did reach the island 
You know, because I don't want to say it's it'll be a waste of time because that might be the only way to do it. And you're just at the mercy of the transporting companies or whoever decides to fly the crap over. Yeah. Um, just find out, just discuss to them because you you get, I mean, these generators are like $1,600, $1,200. You know what I mean? Some of them are two grand, uh, chainsaws. And also food. with the supply and demand right it's now, ridiculous. there's people in Houston who wanted them. There's people uh, yes, in Florida. So I, exactly. I would think that the price just gets gouged naturally exactly and and that's one thing unfortunately i will say about my people they're opportunist you know and but everybody is. they're, they're extremely inconsiderate it's america, as well. you know? it's america as well <laughs> but they're extremely inconsiderate and you know you know for a fact if those individuals at ups if it was their family member that came yeah. with the same predicament that i had they would make an effort to have jose go up to the damn uh, 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 uh shipping container sure. and pull their uh, item down right but I'm no one to them, so they don't care. Even if I gave them the story of my grandma COPD, my grandfather, you know, uh, insulin, they don't care. And that's the sad part because they, they have to learn how to come together as a community. You know, they have to start holding their mayors accountable. You know, they, they, they're politicians accountable for what's going on. It's, just, it's an injustice out there. It's pretty crazy, man. So what I will say to someone who does want to donate and help, just talk to the individual you're dealing with and see if they actually help someone on the ground. Yeah. And if they can prove to you that they help someone, because their cell phone's still out there, okay? You can call someone that got help. You know, have them prove to you that they help some way, shape, or form. And then from there, go ahead and spend your money. Well said, man. All right, so before we get to Nick, of course, there are uh, some great sponsors that keep us doing what we do. Um, the first of which is a newer sponsor, Gotenna, and what they're doing is really awesome. Uh, so support for today's show comes from Gotenna. Gotenna Mesh powers the first 100% off-grid mobile long-range consumer-ready mesh network. It's a super smart mesh protocol, powers private one-to-one group chats or public broadcasts to all nearby users with end-to-end encryption. That means you can relay texts and GPS locations from user to user via your iOS or Android mobile phone. No cell towers, routers, or satellites required. And you can pair the device to your phone with the Gotenna app or leave it unpaired in strategic locations. That way you can create a pop-up mesh network anytime, anywhere, and your network won't go dark when central cell infrastructure fails. I mean, this is something, we were just talking about Puerto Rico, this is something that would actually be really useful there. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so with the Gotenna app, you'll get detailed offline maps for any region in the world. It's perfect for the -the off-the-grid tool, Mm -hmm. 24-hour battery life, weatherproof, compact and light, and it only costs $179 per pair. I ran into that problem. Yeah. I ran into that problem because... There's no service, so yep. I'm trying to go from one grandparent's house to the other grandparent's house. I don't know my way around the island like that. And this is the way that they'd be able to and communicate And my with Google one Maps has no service, and it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, crazy, man. So no recurring or subscription fees. Whether you're spending time outdoors or preparing for emergency circumstances, Gotenna Mesh is vital. Uh, yeah, they sent me Gotenna, and it's really awesome. I mean, if you're someone who likes to go camping... Uh, any of that stuff. And so many of our audience are into the whole survival Mm -hmm. culture and uh, people who subscribe to Crate Club. So this really fits into what we do. Uh, So for a limited time only, our listeners can use the code SOFREP25 for $25 off your Gotenna mesh. So that's SOFREP25. Just go to Gotenna.com. That's G-O-T-E-N-N-A.com and use the code SOFREP25. 
And of course, have you ever wondered what it might be like to captain some of the greatest warships of World War II? This audience probably has. Uh, then you should check out World of Warships, the free-to-play historical online combat game from Wargaming. With World of Warships, you will command a massive naval fleet featuring some of history's most iconic war vessels like the USS Arizona, the USS Indianapolis, and the USS Enterprise. And with four classes of ships from over eight nations fighting in strategically designed environments, every match is a unique experience. World of Warships brings players endless hours of strategy, tactical gameplay, and pulse-pounding naval combat action. It really is the perfect balance of action and strategic gameplay. I mean, this audience, I already know, digs these video games that are in the genre. So check this out if you haven't. Download World of Warships for free today at commandwarships.com to begin your naval adventure. Make sure you enter the code SPECIALOPS17 no spaces or any of that. It's just Special Ops 17 when you download to get a ton of bonus content courtesy of Soft Rep Radio. And what that includes is a free premium ship, the famous cruiser Aurora, and a pile of in-game currency to jumpstart your epic World War II naval experience. So just download World of Warships today at commandwarships.com. Uh, enter the code Special Ops 17 and start playing today. Uh, with that... Nick the Reaper Irving. Yes. All the ship names you were spewing out, a lot of the ships from Star Trek were named after old battleships. The I Enterprise, was not aware. the Aurora. I'm <laughs> like, wait, is this Star Trek he's talking about? <laughs> All right. Oh, there we go. There we go. Nick. Nick, what is going on, man? Hey, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? It's Delgado. What's up, Nick D? Chilling, man. I'm looking at your Skype picture now. You got your chest me hanging out. Is that your hand in front of it? What is that? <laughs> what, what, which one? What, what is it? You got like a headset on? Oh, that's your hand in front of your uh, your chin. I thought oh, that was your Oh, head. no. I yeah. was wondering what I you thought, were saying. Yeah, I thought that was your like your shirt open. I was like, oh, man, he's feeling himself right now. <laughs> uh, I, was in, I think I was in like, you know, I was still in Maryland when I took that picture for Skype, bro. That, that's an <laughs> old, old photo. Yeah, let's, took, wait, let's switch that house. up, baby. Let's switch that up. You, you too sexy now for that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I barely use Skype, man. Well, yeah, he, Nick does use it to come on with us. Though. I think so, I got like 14 cents left on Skype. Getting into <laughs> everything with Nick, though. So Nick, of course, Army Rangers, Sniper. Um, many of you in the audience have read both the Reaper and way of the Reaper, seen all the stuff that you're up to. I mean, the next, the next big project right now, and we'll get into it a little later is, um, mm-hmm. the first novel you're doing with mm. general, yeah. general Tony Tata, who writes as AJ Tata. We had him in here. And when he came in, he was like, yeah, have you guys ever heard of Nick Irving? I'm working on a book with him <laughs> and, uh, it comes out May 8th Reaper ghost target. Yeah. So, I mean, We'll, we'll hear more about it later, but I mean, just real quick, I'm wondering what inspired you to work on a novel, and, and how did you get hooked up with uh, General Tata? Yeah, yeah, uh, Tata? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did I get hooked up with them? Yep. Dude, it's a crazy story, man. Well, not really a crazy, crazy story, but uh, Mark Resnick, of course, you know, been working with him for a while now at St. Martin's that's Press. Oh, that's my dog. Uh, he, sh- you, yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. Mark, Mark's the man, man. But, uh, yeah, he hooked me up with AJ Tata. We pitched around, you know, a few other authors that could uh, kind of take this thing to the next level. And, you know, for me, man, it's like, you know, I, you know, of course, want to tell the story and I already have the story. And 
it's just fine tuning it. Like I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I didn't go to school for for writing or anything. You're a very smart guy, and you're very humble. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I, yeah, you know, I published like five books, and you know, it's just that fine tuning of you know what I don't have access mm-hmm. to of you know uh, taking it to that next level. And AJ really, really you know came across as one of those guys that would you know you know take it to that next level. And and we talked on the phone for like two plus hours, man, and laid out this whole, you know, concept of where I wanted to take uh, Vic Harwood and, mm-hmm. you know, this novel series. Vic Harwood is the main character of this uh, novel series, man. And uh, talked on the phone for like two hours. And from start to finish, like we had the entire, uh, you know, outlay of this, uh, the first installment of the novel series. And I'm already working on the second one, third and fourth in my wow. head is like, you know, it just keep it rolling, man. But he came across as he, he already knew, like knew the lingo and knew the talk and the walk and he understood it, man. He got it. He got the concept and he's been in the fiction, uh, you know, world for quite some time and, and he's got a, a name for himself out there, but you know, it's just, uh, being able to work with another veteran and a general at that. It's like, yeah. dude, come on. Yeah, and he's, he's an excellent writer. Like right here in the studio, I have the thing that he signed army strong. You kind of see right there mm-hmm. over there who dares wins. Uh, great guy. I'm, I'm going to let Jason ask some stuff, but I actually had one question I was thinking of when, when I heard I was going to book you with Jason that I figured, um, would make sense. So kind of the first question for me that relates to both you guys, and I guess I want to hear from Nick first is I get so many emails from these young kids who are just joining the military. And I kind of wonder if, if, one of these kids who's 16, 17 is like, I want to be a sniper. They've read your book or they've read Jason's book. Like, how would you say they should distinguish if they want to be, you know, do what you did, be an army sniper or a Marine scout sniper? Like what, what are the main differences for someone like me who who wouldn't really know? The main differences? Yeah. Between uh, my job and Jason's job, dude, I think, I think it, uh, Ah, man, it could come down to as much as uh, the mentality. And I'm not going to, like, take anything away from uh, the Marine Corps or anything. And, and, nah, don't walk you know, on I, thin I, ice, baby. Don't walk on thin ice. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, I got a chance to shoot with them in the International Sniper mm-hmm. Comp, man. They took it home that year. Uh, got a chance to work with the 2-5 uh, Marines uh, Scout Snipers, yeah. I believe that's what you call them, and in Afghanistan. And, dude, they taught me and my sniper element, like, a lot of stuff. Like, dude, a no joke like sniper hide vietnam style with the maps and grid square i'm like dude come on we got technology now but these guys were taking it back to that old school carlos hathcock who was also marine and you know i think that their background and even from basic training out to you know 500 yard shots and the army's you know doing Mm -hmm. 300 and you look at the stats today who's producing the better shots and the better shooters is the marine corps you know and and the army's having a, a huge problem right now so i think that uh, you know, the difference, the, the main difference would be their lineage, their background, mm-hmm. their heritage, mm-hmm. you know, they're all, everyone, you know, can shoot 500 yards in the Marine Corps. The, the, everyone can shoot, you know, pretty much everyone can shoot 300 yards mm-hmm. in the army. But when you go into sniping, they really, really fine too. They have the legends to look up to. I mean, yeah. the number one guy himself, Carlos Hathcock, who like, you know, paved the way for, you know, what sniping is today. And, and that's a guy I looked up to. Yeah. And when I had a chance to do my little sniper stuff in Afghanistan and, and do hide sites, it was like, dude, I'm no joke to black Carlos Hathcock right now. That's what I felt <laughs> like, you know, that's fly. So man. I think, yeah, I think the main difference would just be, uh, 
Marine Corps and their, their, their uh, scout sniper program. It's, you know, I, I sent guys over to that uh, program and they came back and gave reports and, and hands down, every single guy to a T said that, no, that's no joke. The sniper school. You that's know? One, yeah, that's one thing the Marine Corps really prides, prides ourselves in is that that traditionalist mentality that we, we have that lineage and we keep that lineage um, strong throughout the generations of Marines. But as far as I was, as far as my input on, on the question, it's the exact polar opposite. I would say if you're looking to get into the next generation of sniping, it would be the army, you know, because hmm. you have you guys have the funding, you have the weapon systems and you're not afraid to try new things, you know. So in that it's it's it's, it's one hand versus the other, you know, on our hand, you know, we we we're meticulous on the Marine Corps. I mean, we're meticulous in the way we train and teach and ensure that all the fundamentals are there and are beat into you so that. When you when it comes down to it, you can rely on raw on just rawness on raw talent. But the army, which also you have a buttload of knowledge that you're given in the army as well, because we do cross train a lot. True or not, Nick? We do cross train yeah, a lot. Yeah, they're not afraid to spend money on equipment and try new things and develop new things. So you know, it's just what you know. What what is it that you're looking for as far as the uh, as far as the experience? But when it comes to the action, when it comes to getting down and shooting, it, honestly, <laughs> no one no one knows. It's just a matter yeah, of right it, place, right time. You know? Exactly. And that's a big thing, too, about sniping is that, you know, you hear the stories of, you know, the cool guy stories about sniping and stuff like that. And I will also give, uh, you know, Jason credit as well. We've had a conversation, a long conversation over cigars and drinks uh, in uh, L.A. one year. And I'm listening to Jason talk about, you know, ballistics and data. And we're going back and forth about, you know, uh, you know, all types of, you know, sniper stuff, you know naming off, you know, MOAs for this distance, for this, for this round, coefficients, how it affects this, and apexes of, you know, grand for, you know, 117 versus uh, just all types of, you know, sniper knowledge. And listening to Jason talk, it's just like, oh, my gosh, this guy <laughs> is, a, you know, no joke. It, it's like, uh, you know, when I was getting towards the end of my career in sniping, dude, we had, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, ballistic calculators and, and stuff that you put on the side of your scope to, you know, make you really – uh, super sniper, but I was, I was never into that. You know, everything for me was all yeah. mental, you know, and, 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 and in my defense, Nick, you know, I was also an instructor. So, you know, I, I had all the cheat codes, you know what I'm saying? I had all the pubs and the books the, and it, <laughs> yeah, I had the yeah. rounds and the, and the range time to, you know, prove all these theories. So, you know, because you, you, you got a, an audience of a buttload of alpha males, you know, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> you didn't want to yeah. be wrong ever. You know? <laughs> that is true. That is true. But, yeah, but I think that, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, right place, right time, man, I think that there's so yeah, many, or not even so many, you just hear these cool stories of, you know, guys, you know, getting down and dirty and, and pulling a trigger overseas, but the snipers that don't get a chance to do that, dude, outweigh the guys who get a chance to do it tenfold. Like, the, it, it's not many guys that get a chance to pursue that career and be a, a, a sniper and get a chance to go out there and, and do you know, it. apply that yeah, skill set. It's just right place, right time. And most of the time you're out there, dude, it's just, you know, reporting back to mm -hmm. your commander most of the time, you yeah. know, and, and lucky for me, I was just in, in Afghanistan at a time where, 
you know, uh, it was just a, as, as, as Tom Cruise would say, it was just a target rich environment, man, you know, and, yeah. and I was just not a, yeah. a trigger shy type of guy. Yeah. And, and when I read your book it, that, I think that message is what resonated to me the most was that you had other, uh, uh third bat snipers coming up to you and like, what the fuck you got another yeah. kill today? What the hell? And it, to me, it was like the same, it was the same situation I was in. It's like, bro, it's the right place, yeah. right time. I, 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 I didn't like intentionally do it. It's like we we went through the same training. We went through we did everything the same. I just went out a different time and a different day than you did and just got caught up in some fucked up shit and pulled my ass out of it. So And granted, yeah. granted, I will give myself this though. I did rub it in over some time when <laughs> but guys you was were young. Out, you was killed. young. I was I was a young cocky guy too. <laughs> I, would, I may have printed out a picture or two of a dead guy and be like, hey, look what I did, you know, maybe. And especially the new guys. I will say, new guys, I gave those guys a hard time. Just being, you know, a buck five sergeant in, in Ranger Battalion mm. and it's some cherry guys coming in, bro. It, it's, it's one of those things you got to give them a hard time. And for me, I'd walk past the room and like, hey, did you guys save the, uh, save the role today? <laughs> Didn't think so. I did. You know, and just move on, do push-ups, you know. Oh, <laughs> I was, I was, that is amazing. A, Nick, I got a question for you, brother. Yeah, yeah. When you gonna move to LA? You are Hollywood as hell now. <laughs> <laughs> man. And I guess I'll announce it with you guys, bro. First, uh, literally just got off the phone, man. Uh, can't say too much. It's like that. Come ultra- on, give us some good, baby. Give us some good. <laughs> I give you. I know a lot of people have been wondering about the, you know, hey Nick, when's the TV show coming out? TV show coming out, dude. I'm, I'm just a, a naturally a quiet guy, and. You know, I'm a firm believer in, in percentages and stuff like that. So I only put like 10% of what was actually going on in my life it's on true. social media. It's just, I'm, I'm a very private guy and I'm, you know, naturally like that. I grew up that way, just being to myself. But dude, uh, so long story short, uh, decided to take a different route with it. And through just, I don't know, just a lot of weird stuff happening, man. Uh, just basically closed a deal today to have it, uh, be produced into a movie so <gasps> oh wow what yeah. are you kidding yeah. me bro no joke man so the reaper Just, uh, is no, no longer that's... gonna be an nbc show but it will be a full length you know picture full feature like hour 32 hours whatever <sighs> they do nowadays, I, I, not like, for nothing depending on the producer and the director mm-hmm. dude it might be way better than a show oh i'll, I'll tell you this I'll, I'll tell you like one it was just another thing like i I won't get too much into it. I think it's oh, just come it, on, it, baby. Come come on, time, baby. But <laughs> seasoning behind everything, and you know, I'm a big believer in like strategizing and just waiting. You know, it, it's that sniper mentality. I'll, I'll wait, dude. I'll wait a year for a shot. You know, oh, yeah. if it's if it's my time to get it in, I'll get it in. But I just like to wait and yeah, you know, see what happens and and play my play my cards, man. And luckily, played them right. And uh, just one of those things, man. It's almost like right place, right time. And uh, so the NBC thing with the Weinstein company and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, it was going, it, it, it's, it was really good. But and, and by the way, I, Weinstein, not exactly a popular name at the moment. Did that, did that affect you? Did that affect you at all, brother? No, no, it was because it was bought out by, you know, the company mm-hmm. initially, uh, you know, Weinstein only owned like a percentage of it and it, it wasn't, uh, uh, he's not the company. He's just, a just individual a associated yeah, right. with mm-hmm. it. Of course it's his name, but. It's also a good thing not to be involved with that right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, did I don't you, believe I, in that. I'm wondering, Nick, did you meet him by any chance? Because I got to board off Harvey Weinstein, believe it or not, like a couple of years back. And mm-hmm. I, I'll just, you know, 
look, I'm I'm a male. Like he had, you know, nothing. He's not interested in me in the way that he was. I don't know. You're kind of hot, Ian. I don't know. And <laughs> but he he couldn't have been a nicer guy. You know, obviously I didn't know this side to him, but I'm wondering if you had the same experience. No, no. From my experience, man, with uh, with with, with uh, the company itself, mm. and you know, Harvey Weinstein, it's been nothing but like I've never been treated a certain way. I've never been, or I've never seen or heard anything like that. Yeah. And I'm sure Jay Z didn't as well. You know, Jay Z yeah. is a yeah, good point. You know, he had himself to it, and and I'm you know a guy of his caliber. I'm pretty sure did not want to be involved with that. Oh, had yeah, he known no, it was going on, yeah. you know. So uh, it, it, it was it was it, it's unfortunate, definitely that you know. I had to wait this long to make an announcement about something, but there's a reason behind everything I do, man. And I think that this is going to be a lot better and, you know, uh, not going to say too much again, but I will say that my nature and, and what I believe in, uh, I don't, I'm not a big, you know, Oh, look at me type of, you know, individual. And I didn't want the public to start to think that, uh, not even the public, man. It's just the, the story in itself is not a, a story about, well, look at, you know, badass Nick who can send it. It's not about that. You know what I mean? It's more about a culture. It's about a, it's about a, a, a not even, a, I'm not going to say a movement. That's so cliche, but I think it's more about a, you know, a guy like, let's just use, you know, the story, for example, graduated with the 1.7 GPA out of high school, mm. you know, had no aspirations of doing anything mm. but military. Couldn't go to college and yeah, had been in a lot of trouble and stuff like that growing up and all this crazy stuff, man. And here I am, you know, next month I got a few speeches to give at colleges and, and I've never been to college, never set foot on college grounds, bro. Like never. Bro, uh, you just want us to put a spotlight on the path and your boys. It's the same thing I set out to do. Or, yeah, exactly. And yeah. at the end of the day, when all is said and done, you know, people say, oh, how'd you do it? And why is it so hard? Or people say, hey, man, how did you make your book into this? Dude, the only thing I would say is, there's something I started to realize. And I think that, uh, there was two things, you know, life is like a book, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a big book with a bunch of chapters in it. And this is just a new chapter. Everyone has a different chapter. My chapter in seven in my book, is not chapter seven in Jason's book. You know, it's not chapter seven in AJ's book or whoever's book, you know, it's all different. And I think that once I started to realize, you know, moving on paths and moving on different chapters in life. Like you had the Reaper phase, you had the Afghanistan, Iraq mm-hmm. and all this and that. Well, what's my next chapter? You know, and no one ends a book on chapter six without the end. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So start looking at what's the next move. And I had really no goal, bro. Like after the whole book thing and what's been going on, but I had a belief. And I think that once, and this, this applies to veterans as well. You look at the suicide stuff and what's going on. And then I started to realize, you know, what is self-worth? Mm. What am I worth now? You know, like I did my thing in the military. It was a million bucks. You know, what am I worth now without that? And I had to really, really dig deep and think like, dude, yeah, that's a deep question. What are you worth now? You know, you can't put a price to that. It's more of a feel, more of a path of where you want to go in life. Because worth is not a, um, has no monetary value when it, when it comes to life. You know, yeah. you can't put a dollar figure on a, on a life, but a worth is more about, you know, for me, what are you going to leave behind? And you look at how short life is, bro. You know, Jason, you've seen it. Yeah. He's dying at the age of 18, 19, 20 years old. And, and <clears throat> the average person today lives to be 76. And, so and like, it's like, yeah, you, you go through that point in your life where 
it's still, you know, success and, and, and a, a clear path is right in front of your face, but mm-hmm. we're not used to looking at such things, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, and it, it, it just dawns on you after, you know, certain things are accomplished, so on and so forth. Because we're, we, and, and individuals like you discussed, uh, you know, we, I got my GED too, brother, you know, or, you know, you, yeah. you went to college, but, you know, I, I was a rock, you know what I'm saying? And I went in, and, you know, these are things that I, I can't see myself doing until I actually set that goal and knock it out the box. So guys like me and you, we knock our goals out in life super early. And then it's exactly. like, what now? And then we set yep. a new goal. And then what now? And set a new goal, so on and so forth. So as we're moving along, we're growing and maturing, you know, mm-hmm. simultaneously with our accomplishments. And I totally get where you're coming from. And I admire, dude, I, I look at you and I say, man, that's the footsteps I want to walk in. Because you are you do a lot. You know, you really do a lot. Well, here's the, the reason man why I think so I can't forget that one. Fuck, a leg, bro. That's sick. But when you say like you do a lot of whatever, you know, it's appreciated and whatnot. But as, uh, like I was saying, like, dude, the average life is like 76 years old. There's no way, there's no way you could tell me that we were putting everyone's like, what are we here for? You know, there's no way we're all here to be candlelight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's just no way. It, it, it's such a short time to be here to not do anything meaningful, to not be a bonfire. You know what I'm saying? To, yeah. to not blow up like that. There's just, and everyone has a different path in life. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, dude, and I'm a big believer in this. People say, oh, what am I going to do now? They, they start to look at specific things in life. Like, oh, I'm going to be a screenwriter. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this. Uh, you know, you ask yourself, what are you doing it for? Is it, is it for the money or is it because you're passionate about it? Because if the mind, if, if, if the heart's not there, we all know if the heart doesn't beat, the body won't move. So the heart's got to be into everything you do or else you physically won't move there. You physically won't ever achieve that goal. So I just started to realize that, bro. And success comes with a persistence, bro. Like It's just being persistent. Here, and, here, hearing you talk, I have a question. And, yeah. and, and do you sit back and listen to guys like Tony Robbins and David Guggins and Tim Ferriss? I mean, have you ever heard these guys speak and like, you know, kind of, get something from them to align yourself to just like hit these targets and knock it out because the way you the way you move through life the way you navigate bro it's like man you're like you're in the path of one of those gurus you know what i mean no i never heard i never heard of them or or listened to them but it's just i have a lot of time i think that no one no one's a genius you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. no one's a genius no one's smart some people just have more time to sit back and think about you know certain Mm. things and that's the that's what that's what separates what we classify as a smart person from a person who's not so smart. Just someone who's willing to sit back and think about something longer than the next person. And I have the luxury and the I guess whatever you want to call it of doing that. I don't have a nine to five job, and I don't get caught up on social media, mm-hmm. and I don't get caught up on <clears throat> worldly news of, of things that won't affect me personally. Got you know, it. am I here to to live for social media? Am I here to live for to be caught up in the five days or six days of a trending topic? No, I, you got to ignore that, dude. There's so much out there and people say, oh, I'm grinding. I'm getting out there. I'm putting in this work. But then you go on the timeline and you always see him on social media. Yeah, and you that's already true. Wait yeah, it's, it's that whole idea of like make more moves and less announcements. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Um, you know what? I, I just had a real quick question back to the yeah. movie deal is, you know, you mentioned Jay-Z who was attached to the show. Is Jay-Z mm-hmm. still attached to the upcoming movie? I can't say too much. I can't say too much. <laughs> I do appreciate you giving us the exclusive yeah, on that, cool, to be honest. Right? So, 
there's we a broke lot of moving it. parts, man. There's a lot of moving parts, and and I think that um, you know, wherever it goes from here, bro, Hollywood's a crazy, crazy place, and I, you know, being in it for the the time that I have been in it, and the friendships I've made, and things I've done in there, bro, you learn a, a lot, you know, and and one thing is time. Time is, you know, it's like it doesn't make sense sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're us, we're so used to things now, 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 you know, and something happening now. Real Hollywood's just totally different. A year, two years, it's like, you know, that's movie time. That's mm-hmm. the time it takes to make a movie. But um, it, regardless of what happens, bro, it's just one of those things. It's not even a check mark. And I don't get excited about stuff like that. Like, dude, when before you called, I totally just got back from the gas station getting some cheap firewood. <laughs> and I had already had this conversation, knew the news, and I haven't, I'm not going to say I'm not excited about it, but bro, once you're, you already have to live there in your head mm-hmm. first. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to visualize, you have to already see yourself there because if you don't see it there first, then how, how the hell do you believe it yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's no way you can believe it. If you're not physically there, if when you wake up in the morning and shit doesn't seem off, like, man, this house doesn't feel right. Or <laughs> where I'm working, it doesn't feel right. It feels like I, you know, you've been living in your head so long that, you know, at your goal in life, it becomes real. And then eventually, the law of attraction or our physics, there's no way you can deny that. It has to manifest itself into reality. You know, like attracts like you're a magnet. And I just think that, you know, unless you're living, unless you're 100% living there, you go back to school, first grade. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're, as a kid, before you go to school, you've always been taught daydream, daydream. It's good for children. It's good for kids, you know. And I have a son now and. the uh, mm-hmm. Hey, he's like he's an adorable boy, man. <laughs> that little boy is cute as hell, man. <laughs> man. But yeah, they, they say, you know, let your children's mind run wild, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine. They use their imagination. Then you get to school and you get into society and you're told to stop. If you're caught daydreaming in class, what happens? Teachers like, cut it out, pay attention to this. You you we already know that the doctors say, mm-hmm. no, daydreaming is good, dreaming is good, dreaming is good. But then you get to an establishment in society and they're like, no, stop that. Do yeah. it, but just not here. And you have no time to do it. And, what, you know, I, I just don't understand that. Yeah, you start to suppress that, that creativity. Exactly. And that's where everything, everything that you are, you're talking on right now, I'm talking on Skype, was all thought up from a thought, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, and someone had to have thought that and believed that it, to, you know, for it to be true from the Wright brothers to uh, what's, what's going on now. They were like, you know what? No, I've already been there. I've already seen it. Yeah. They, 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 they manifested it, bro. And I think that that's. I'm not doing anything different. It's not that I think. I know. I've been purposely doing it, and I've never talked about it. But, dude, for me, what I did was <laughs> really laid off on drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. I've been getting like – I was going to say, yeah, as you're drinking. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, wait, wait. Okay. I'm, I'm having a little, a little glass of scotch <laughs> here, you know, because I can. <laughs> I mean, for me, what, I mean, to each their own. And I think that for me, you know, it became one of those things where – you know, it can cloud your thoughts and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I just stopped, just stopped doing it for, you know, whatever. I just stopped doing it to be able yeah. to think more clearly. And cool, I knew where I wanted to go in life. And, bro, all I did, all I did for a month straight, and I would challenge anyone to do it, is to whatever you're addicted to, whatever, you know, social media, always being, whatever it is, dude, like step away for 30 days, take a break. And all you have to do is just think about where you want to be in life. It doesn't have nothing in particular, like, oh, I want to be an NFL, whatever, superstar, basketball player, nothing like that. You just say whatever you want to be in life, successful, meaningful, purposeful, 
worth, whatever it is, dude. And you just think about that every single day. Every day. You waste six hours out of the day naturally alone doing nothing. You know, 30 minutes to an hour out of the day. You can anyone can find. It truly, just think yeah. about where they want to be in life. It truly, yourself, yeah. it truly re- reiterates that you are the master of your own destiny when you do things it, like that. Dude, you are, and you listen to anyone mm-hmm. who's successful. Anyone. Jim Carrey, perfect example. Before Jim Carrey got his first deal, he wrote himself a check for X amount of millions of dollars. Dude was homeless, living out of his car. But what he would do every night was go up on the, you know, Hollywood Hills and look at the Hollywood sign and, and stuff like that and say, no, I'm going to be here. Dude had nothing going for him. But just uh, he wrote himself a check for X amount, eight million or something like that with the date on it. Mm. And at that date, it was off for like a few weeks or a few days or something like that. But he got that much money off of Dumb and Dumber. That's crazy, man. I have I have stories that you know from other people that I hear that are like that. Nick is a super inspirational guy, yeah, I have to say. He really is. But uh, I I do want to get into some some news here that we were talking about, and and it's funny you were talking about like staying away from news that doesn't affect you, which I agree with. But of course, mm-hmm. in here, special ops stuff affects all of us. And yeah, yeah. I know you heard about this already, Nick. The uh, two Navy SEALs from SEAL Team yep. Six under investigation in the death of uh, Green Beret and Molly, which is Staff Sergeant Logan J. Melger, um, and it's being investigated as a homicide. So Jason and I were talking about it before the show. I saw what Jack Murphy wrote. I I heard Jason's take, which we'll get into. I'm wondering uh, if you have any info. I saw that you wrote some stuff, but I don't know what is public and what's not, so I just want to hear your your take on it. Yeah, what what we know... Ian and, and a few other people, uh, that's not public. It's one of those things like special operations. There's certain things I guess you got to wait, you know, a certain time to talk about. But I mean, does that story surprise me from that unit? You can ask anyone in special operations. And um, I mean, you can look at the news from the uh, past events that they've been, you know, been in. And I mean, I think that uh, have I had a bad experience with SEAL Team 6? Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm not going to say how many or if there's just one or whatever, but I think anyone who's ever served with the, uh, a unit like our, you know, SEAL Team 6 can say, eh, there's a few things on there. That there's a few things that happen and stories that you hear within the community that, you know, it is what it, it, it's just, it's those, it, you know, it, it is what it is. I can't say too much about, you know, what they have going on. I wasn't, you know, in SEAL Team 6, but I do know that, you know, it, it, you can ask other SEALs too. There's, I know a lot of SEALs that, have what nothing to do with SEAL Team Six, so yeah, I'm 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 sure that speaks you know volumes when uh, a Navy SEAL from SEAL Team One through I have no idea now twelve thirteen <laughs> or whatever, you know, and uh, I know a lot of them and they some of them just don't want any part of them. But I will also say that I've had a chance to do numerous operations with them and and I've seen a chance you know I had a chance to see these guys work and they're good at what they do. They're they're good at what they do. They're really good at what they do. At my at Ian Ian because when I came in and he asked me what what you know what my opinion was, and my opinion comes from a totally innocent side because I know how retarded some of us can be overseas. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Especially, you know, when it you know, and I'm it, there was nothing ever said about it being an alcohol related incident or anything like that. But come on, let's let's be honest. We're talking about, you know, I, I, dev group. They already, can get whatever yeah. the hell they want, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I just to me it sounded like they were 
just wrestling, grappling, and yep. something went wrong, and yep. you know, and that's what it sounded like to me. I'm not saying that's exactly what it was because we all I know some of these units, you know, they they get in depth. You know, they yeah. get in depth in some of these places with, you know, let's be honest, you know, there's some, I will there's say, some shit going I will, on in some of these too. places, but I think that's what oh, it yeah. sounds like. There's certain things we can't talk about, but yeah. I will tell you in special ops that once you get there, there's certain things that you know that even in Ranger Battalion, like, you know, every unit has some bad apples or whatever, and uh, we do things and differently than other organizations. But when you get there and a community as tight as, you know, mm-hmm. spec ops, bro, it's like. You disturb privy to different different things, different things. Yeah, and I hear you. Rock there, I hear and you, I think that I'm not gonna say I know what happened, but I've been contracting and I've been at an embassy, and mm-hmm. you know I know what they have there and what you're what you have access to, and I've also been on a SEAL Team Six compound and in Afghanistan, and bro, they they have it all. They like, have it all. Whatever you want. That's and that's what I was telling Ian, man. Like you know, okay, it's restricted, but. You're talking about cream of the crop. Ain't no one going to deny yeah. these guys. And plus, even if yeah. they do deny these guys, you, you got to understand where well, there's a will, there's a way with they, these motherfuckers. You know yep, I mean? yep. So I will say if they yeah. wanted a, a, a F-16 plane mm-hmm. because they would get an F-16 plane, no one has a license or knows how to fly it, but they lift that thing off the ground and no, that's just... They, they have it. They have act. I mean, those. And that's never going to change because that's also yeah. a part of getting the job done. You know, uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, we used to say, or shit, even now, um, we used to have uh, sniper platoons used to be called stay platoons, which was uh, yep. surveillance and target acquisition. Um, but yeah, we used to we used to say the acronym really stood for steal, take, and acquire because that's the only way we would yeah, actually yeah. get shit done. You know what I mean? We'll run and around, all- steal sandbags and water jugs and shit because, you know, we're not getting yeah. any love from our unit you know, so. i love the acronyms dude we did the same yeah and you look at our acronym for seals and you know other acronyms for seals but our big one was regular navy seals regular was just sleep eat and lift bro sleep eat <laughs> okay, <laughs> i don't know where dude. it comes from though but i, <laughs> but, but anyway, I, yeah. I just I'm, I'm gonna call this one and say it was just a fucking terrible case of grab ass I, man i think i think so I personally think so. I don't think that it would have gotten that deep to where. And plus, it was on the uh, it was on the embassy or the consulate, wherever the fuck they were. You know, I I, so to me, it was like, you know, my dick is bigger than yours, and Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. someone got choked out and passed out or fucking bumped his head on some shit. I've been choked out. Hell yeah! (laughs) You know. Uh, Jason, Jason's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna admit that, but you know, <laughs> I've, I've been knocked the fuck out by bigger motherfuckers, yeah. man. Because <laughs> oh, you yeah, know, when yeah. you when you're drunk and in a room somewhere and you're just yelling at each other and fucking spewing fucking Copenhagen in each other's faces, man, it gets real. <laughs> real story. We get back from overseas, and I'm not gonna mention the guy's name, but this is how bad it was. Like we were, you know, we had been drinking and stuff like that, and I'm looking for this PlayStation game at the time. It's PlayStation, bro, and I'm like. I can't find this game. And no, it was my, I'm sorry. It was my controller. Mm. And I was so pissed off. And I knew that this guy, I almost said his name, I knew he had it. The last guy I gave it to. So I go into his room. He's knocked out, bro. He's passed out, like done for the night. And I start smacking him in his face. I'm like, hey, get up. Get up, you know? And I'm smacking him, smacking him. And then he stands up. He's like, Irv, you do it again. I'm going to kill you. And we just got back from doing that thing that was killing, you know, yeah. like 24 hours ago. And I'm like... So we're sitting there going back and forth like little kids, bro. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm like, where's my controller? Give it to me. Give it like little kids, man. And then finally I go. This was a dumb move. 
this guy had been in battalion for you know some years, so I go into his kitchen and I grab a knife. I'm like, all right, bro, you don't want to get my controller? I'm slicing your up, you know, I'm gonna cut your throat. So he's like, bring it. So he gets his <laughs> knife, a pocket knife from under his pillow or something like that, and we're where'd that come off. from? <laughs> It, bro, it was like a hand grenade from a, a, a anchorman, you know? And I'm like, we're sitting there and we're squaring off, dude. And finally, the smarts kicked in because I could see it in his eyes. If I go mm-hmm. after him, he's going to do some ninjutsu move and he's going to slice my throat and cut my head. I don't know, bro. Hell but I could yeah. tell that he was really going to, you know, kill me. I was just trying to pose a threat like, dude, I just want my controller. But, you know, I got a knife. You got a knife. I can see where this is going. You know, there's a soberness kicked in. So I just like, you know what? Tomorrow, it's over, bro. It's done. Walked out the room. I was like, oh, my God. My heart was beating so fast. And I watched him that next night literally kick the shit out of someone. <laughs> literally, like, there's a fight in the barracks room. And there's fights all the time yes. dude, when you're drinking. Yes, out. And we're, we, we deploy together. And this fight's breaking out. Boom, he hits the guy. I'm not sure if he kicked him or hit him. But in his stomach somewhere, in this roll, this ball, Rolls into our kitchen. Me and uh, his, uh, my roommate's name nickname was Cheese, and it rolls into the kitchen. He's like, "Oh my gosh, he just shit himself." So <laughs> after the after the fight, bro, and it's been kicked around and uh, during the fight, and this is it's a perfect ball. Oh. Like it rolls out of his pants, flip flops, bro, and pop into the kitchen. So we're sitting there, the fight's over, and me and Cheese are like, "Get back in! You cleaned your shit up, you know all this and that." And he's all messed up. We're like, no, nah, just go back to your room. Your face is all messed up, bro. He goes into his room. So me and Cheese are like, oh, my gosh, he's going to pick this ball of shit up. So it's set there. Fine. I was like, dude, I'm not doing it. There's no, I don't touch, I don't touch shit. You know, I don't touch dead bodies, bro. I have a thing about that. So he finally picked it up, dude, and chucked it. But yeah, it happens all the time in, 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 Spanish, in you know, alpha males, man. In Spanish, we call it a mojón. Bro, in fucking in the consulate, in the consulate in her bill, I seen a fist fight over the placement of a trash can. That's how shit gets tense. Motherfucker put a trash can in front of like the common room. And then someone's like room was right next to that, the door, and he was like pissed the trash is there. So he moved it by the kitchen. The motherfucker <laughs> saw that he moved it by the kitchen and moved it back to the room. And next to you know, a oh, oh, fucking World War Three broke out. I'm like, are you guys fucking kidding me? Because, dude, yes. true or false, tensions are so fucking high when you're overseas for like three, four months at a time. You're away from your loved ones, man, and you're dealing with the dumbest, littlest bullshit. On top of that, you're dealing with life or death situations, and then you come home, and it's like everything is like such a big deal, dude. It's like guys can't really rationalize. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, people start getting into fights over just anything. Mm-hmm. Anything, bro. Like, that, that that trash can story is perfect. Like, the smallest thing. It's just anything. It's like prison. We're it's fine. like, bitch, yeah, your full like time prison. is up, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> I always used to say, it was like, man, if I ever go to prison, I'm not really going to care. I've already been there. Yeah, like, exactly. I did my military career in prison. You know, that's what it felt like. We're, we're institutionalized. I think that's what they call it. Whereas we wake up at zero, dark, dirty. We fucking eat at the same time. We do the same thing every day. We have all these fucking unrealistic restrictions on us. You know, yeah. and our clients well, fucking could walk around friend. drunk fucking fingering yeah. women and shit. And we're over here have to watch that because we can't deal with it. You know, and yep. it's like, this sucks. Dude, we, got, <laughs> we got guys robbing banks and it's affecting everyone in the entire mm. regiment, bro. Like, it, it, it's so petty. Like, dude, when was at what time in your job, if you went to work at, let's say, Bank of America, I don't know, someplace like that. 
And one employee is like, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to drink and drive and get arrested. The boss does not call in, no. you know, everyone from Oakland or whatever. <laughs> hey, you know, this is it. You guys are no weekend, you know, <laughs> lock you in here and we're just going to sit. Yeah. You don't get that anywhere else. It's yeah. institutionalized. And then you release all these, you know, guys back into society and you're like, all right, go function, go, go be fine, go have fun. Yeah, but you know, I, I, it, it, I, I, you, you run into a lot of problems when you get out. On that note, that's what I was telling Ian. The whole reason why fucking contractors or uh, red stripes, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. when you go to an mm-hmm. embassy or something like that, why they're not allowed to drink. You know, is because of what occurred a few years ago in Iraq where one fucking uh, yep. dude got trashed and fucking shot his best friend. Yep. You know? Dude, we had AD. When I was contracting guys ADing, yeah. we had people uh, people going out getting drunk on, you know, downtown Baghdad, bro. Like, Oh, yeah, about I believe it, kidnapped. bro. Remember that? Yeah, I believe yeah. it. And and that's yep. what and that's all the all that shit just comes down to pipe and now it's to the point where we can't fraternize with women we can't drink yep. we can't do blah 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 x and x y and z but yeah. our clients fucking do relationship could do whatever bro, you know they want yeah you no, know it's not contracting bro is like relate dude girl I'm I'm not gonna get into the stories but dude you're talking about seals rangers green berets delta so I mean you're bearded out bro you mm-hmm. get a chance to be around all these guys and then. There's two girls, and bro, it's unbelievable. Like, I'm, I'm gonna crazy, say man. it. I'm just gonna say it. Look, fuck that. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Ian. I don't think you know how this world works, all right? <laughs> Fucking power reigns supreme in this motherfucker, all right? So let's yeah. just say you're on a compound with a bunch of fucking, and you know, f- no homo when I say this, all right? But you're on a fucking compound with a bunch of diesel fucking alpha males, bearded out, fucking squatting 600 fucking pounds, you know. Dude, yeah. And you're competing. You're some old fucking silverhead fox motherfucker mm-hmm. from like the Department of State. And you're yep. competing with these guys for pussy. Yep. And these guys are suit wearing mm-hmm. guys. And, and dude, at that t- point in time in my life, yeah. I was I was deadlifting too much weight. <laughs> thought I broke my spine one day. I was deadlifting, no joke, bro. Like, uh, what was my max? Dude, it was like four something. And I'm only, you know, I'm only, the most I've ever weighed was 180. And yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal amount of weight. But uh, I'm pretty sure I messed up my back that day. I was on some. Yeah, you fucked yourself up. Well, Nick's uh, also like, Nick, juice, how bro. tall are you? About like five, three, five, four. Why three? Golly, bro! You gave me Kevin Hart size. That's fucked up. No, you gave me fun size, Ian. Well, you're you're a shorter. How tall are you? Five seven, five seven. Okay, well there you go. Not that old. That's I would at least (laughs) yeah, but but you ain't you ain't say you ain't say his arms are like twenty seven inches, which is true exactly. But that's why when he's talking about his weight, (laughs) people are like, oh, one ninety, but for his size, it's got to end quick. That and I'm like, I've been bogged. I dude, I'm. Thinking about going for my. No, I'm not going to bring that up. But yeah, just been boxing for a while. Man. Well, no, to, to just get back. Yo, why you ain't this. never? Why you ain't never went with the guys over to London to represent, bro? What's up? I just wasn't in it at that. Dude, I was going through a lot of business stuff at that you're time. Too famous, like, man. Uh, yeah, you're too famous to get punched <laughs> in the face. That's what I told Brandon this last time. I said, look here, <laughs> man. I did it last year. I was nobody last year. I got a book out. I got to stay pretty, baby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Boxing match. I was in Battalion's uh, Fight Club, and that was like they t- uh, parred me up. Or uh, had a sparring match, and they parted me up with this one guy. I forget his name, dude. But he used to. No one told me this at the time. True story. Uh, 
hooked me up with this guy and had no idea about his background. They're like, oh, Irv, you're going to beat his ass, bro. You can box. You know, you're from the streets, man, all this and that. And I'm like, yeah, they all right. I, I, I am pretty good with the left and the right. So step into the ring with this guy. And I'm like, you know, filling him out, filling him out. He's looking like he's, he's not really into it. And he hits me, bro. And I swear to you, I felt it down to the tips of my toenails <laughs> to the very crown of my head. And he Damn. hit me in the body. Like I went for a jab and then a right. Boom. I'm like, I'm about to knock this guy out. Small. He's a Mexican dude. And hit me in my ribs. And I played it off, bro. Played it off. I go back. And they're like, hey, you know that he used to uh, box professionally. He opened up on Showtime a few times for what? some big uh, fight. He's they a say you big up, time bro. professional boxer. Bro, he's never lost a boxing match in our range. <laughs> they Rondes set you like the that. fuck wow. up. <laughs> so I went back out there round two, and this is where I threw in the personal towel, bro. I didn't quit, but I mean, I quit. I was just like, ah, you know what? This is it's not for me. I don't know what he hit me with, bro, but it was one of the fastest. I don't know how many times he hit me. It was like three or 50, <laughs> but he hit me so fast. And each one of them had like a, it was like a brick, bro. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I getting hit with? And then I just see black and then I see the top of, I think it was a ceiling. And then I'm turned around, bro. God. And then I see him again. Then I'm back turned around and then boom. Dude, I just saw like all these images. Dude, dude like, I have no, no idea. Joke. What I almost bro. got knocked out twice last year by that fucking Matt dude, man. That SAS <laughs> fuck, man. That dude's been boxing since he was a kid and I didn't know. I'm over here. I, I, I trained in Afghanistan for three fucking months. You know, that was my training. I get in the ring with this guy, and I never felt that close to being fucking put to sleep before Damn, in my life. Man. Well, yeah, so we have uh, part two of that um, Remembrance Rumble on, on Veterans Day or uh, Remembrance Day, as they call it in the UK. But just to get back to the SEAL Team 6 stuff, um, I just had a couple more things I wanted to get into with that. I'm wondering, you know, you're talking about kind of the culture of SEAL Team 6, and I get where you were saying that they could basically get whatever they want, but it's mm -hmm. kind of interesting to me because the guys who were in SEAL Team 6 when you were in, in the Rangers, like, this mm -hmm. is a completely different group of guys now, but I, but from what you're saying, it sounds like it's still the same it's culture. A, it's, it's, a, it's a culture, it's like, a culture, yeah. you know, I, I was in with guys who, uh, you know, fought in Somalia and stuff like that, and they left and then the guys before them, but the culture never, never changed. Like when you come to battalion, bro, well, now with all the PC stuff, it's a little different, mm -hmm. but back then, or when I was in and before the, you know, pussification of the military, it was like, no, you're going to get beat, bro. You're going to get beat. Like physically people might die. You know what I'm saying? And it was just that culture of you're a new guy, go touch this uh, squad's wall. And there's five, six, seven dudes in there. You're going to get jumped, bro. Yeah. You're going to get jumped. You just got to eat it. And it, 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 it's a daily, daily thing. You but just get beat, Is bro. that not beat. necessary or not, Nick? Do you not? It is very it's necessary because I'll necessary. tell you why. I'll tell you why. One, I mean, when I grew up, my parents spanked me. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 when they grew up, they got beat by like extension cords. Yeah, and, I got hit by extension like cords. That. This shit yeah, I, I might have quick. had that treatment mm. once or twice, but I mean, like, it made me who I am. And, and I'll tell you that, you know, uh, rule of my house, if, you know, perfect example. If, if I got into a fight in school, which I did quite often, if I ever lost, my mom and my dad said, when you come home, we're going to beat your ass. And then you're going to go back and then you're going to beat their ass. And we're going to, you know, it, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. But I think that in battalion, like, we had a class of 80 plus guys and we graduated seven. And we got beat, bro. Like, guys just physically beat. Physically, bro. And I think that it made us who we are today and, 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 and just that hard guy. And the wars, that, the type of wars we fight, man, it's like you have to be an animalistic, gorilla, 
warfare, just nasty animal. You have to be. And if you're not that, you get over there and we've had this, bro. When they started to do that little uh, change in the training or, or make it a little bit more, oh, stress card this, it's like we started getting these new guys in. And that's when, you know, I'm drawing my flag. and like, you know, I'm out of here, bro. Because you start to see these new guys come in and, you know, we're on a two-click, four-click infill or exfill. And they're like, oh, I needed my crutch profile. No shit, bro. Like the next day I see this guy on crutches, dude, after he, he twisted his ankle or something running on the ramp of a, a 47 after an ambush. I'm like, what? Dude, I'm Mark. You know, I, I did a 12-mile uh, ruck run, two stress fractures, a messed up ankle. Uh, messed up X, Y, and D, bro. And I'm like, dude, you're telling me I have a twisted ankle? I've had broken bones, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and running eight miles or five miles to pass a PT test. Dude, that, that's nothing. It was twisted ankle, dude. Come on. So One I, of my uh, best sniper guys, he got shot in his freaking head, dude. Got Jesus shot in his head, Christ, fell off man. a ladder, got back up, killed him with a grenade, and called it up on the, uh, on the comms. Yeah, that's <laughs> So if I could give some uh, some more background on the SEAL Team 6 thing, because we've talked about it before in the show. Um, a lot of you guys in the audience might remember there was this piece in the New York Times about, like, war crimes of SEAL Team 6. It was very controversial. Jack Murphy has written about this type of thing. Um, you know, and then we had guys like Scott McEwen on the show saying, you know, hey, you're, you're sending guys to do the toughest job in the world. Uh, things are going to get pretty nasty. Uh and I talked with Jack about this. He wrote articles about it, and he was saying, you know, it was more than what should be allowed, basically. So I'm I'm going to refer back to this Facebook post that Jack just sure. wrote. Um, I think it might have been yesterday on Facebook, just so that I can get both of your reactions on it. But Jack wrote, um, hey, Facebook friends, remember years ago when I started investigating war crimes in SEAL Team 6? Remember how you told me to knock it off because I was violating OPSEC? Remember how you told me to shut up because I was in violation of the Ranger Creed, embarrassing my country by speaking out? Remember when I said that this unit has some serious problems with illegal killings, drugs, money laundering, and a shit ton of other issues, and most of my peer group literally told me to fuck off and made me a pariah? I remember, and here we are, and referring to what, no, what no, we saw these two Davy Seals killing, Staff Sergeant Logan J. Melger, allegedly. And you know what I what, what the first thing that came to my mind when you had read that out loud was Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You look at Hollywood and dude, how many people have come out and said, hey, and we've all known it. You yeah. know, we're just as guilty. We knew that there is a problem going on in the industry. Everyone knew it. And you hear the, the people come out and talk about it like, hey, there's pedophilia going on or whatever going on in Hollywood. You know, and what, what happened to those people when they came out initially and said it at first? They, they get, were shunned, they shunned, were ousted, they, they were the told table. to shut up. And where we are today, now everybody wants to talk about it. There's no different. There's no different. There's also, um, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know how public he is about it, but a colleague of yours you know, that I know that you know who got molested by a guy at the oh, VA, yeah, yeah. And, and he's come out yeah. about this. And I'm not, you know, not going to say his name because, like I said, I don't know how public he is about the whole thing. Hopefully we'll have him on soon. But, mm-hmm. you know, these are tough guys. They're Army Rangers or Green Berets and, and shit like that guy. is going on and they're afraid to come out. But they're like, you know what? Something needs to be done about this. And I'm going to I'm going to go to court and, and get this fucker out of the VA. Yep. Exactly. And, and dude, he fought for so long. Like uh, I was almost said his name. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I know the guy personally. And that's not a he's not a soft guy. No, like I've watched shoot people in the face a lot, you know. 
and he, he's not a soft guy. And I've, you know, I've heard stories, and, and I've also seen him at bars. Not a big guy, but he's not the, not the kind of guy that, you know, if you're not willing to go all the way to death, don't pick on him, you know? And uh, hearing that story was like, what? And I, I know him personally. And uh, he was the one, you know, one of the only very few, I guess you would say, to come out and talk about it. And initially it was like, you know, a hush hush thing. Everyone wants to put it under the, under the rug for a little bit because they know how big it's going to get if it does get out. And it just takes that one. And people say, you know, when you look at uh, our life and, and, and being, a, I guess, a human in general, bro, and they say, you know, uh, no one ever believes they have the power to do anything. When I talk about the whole self-worth, uh, self-worth thing uh, earlier, like no one, if you think about it, after the whole Hollywood thing and the SEAL team thing, whatever you want to talk about when it applies to something of that nature, bro, it's like no one realizes their self-worth and value. The value that, 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 that some one person can change something, you know what I mean, from a thought or from, or from an action. You know, if, Steve if, Jobs, it, you know, he changed the world, bro. Microsoft, Bill Gates, they changed the world. Even Mark Zuckerberg, regardless of what you think about him, you know, one person has that power. And it doesn't, you don't have to make a tech company. You don't have to do anything speaking up or, or talking about something that's wrong, even though it may not be a hot topic at the time. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure writing... Um, you know, at the front of the bus wasn't a hot topic or a thing to do back when Rosa Parks did it, but she still did it. You know what I mean? And I, I think, I think, it, yeah, uh, no, go ahead. You know, it, it's just that self-worth thing and uh, self-worth. And I think that, you know, uh, people are, if you see something wrong or you know something, you know, something's going wrong. Like for me, I know that alcoholism is a big problem, not yeah, just in the SEAL yeah. community, but in the veteran community as a whole, bro. And I'm a big advocate. You know, I talk about it now and I talk about that my struggle with alcohol and where it led me, bro. I was making dumb amount of money at a very young age, you know, uh, contracting and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the top 2% of America and all gone, all gone in a matter of and, no joke, bro, like less than a year. And, and, and that's what I want to say. I, I agree with you there because it takes a certain amount of courage to be able to be that trailblazer when exactly. it comes to the embarrassing, to when it comes to the, yeah. the, the, the vulnerability you know, and, yep. and when I when I when I talk about my my drinking, when I talk about my infidelities to the women that I was with, when mm-hmm. I talk about all that, I, I do that. And, and, you know, whatever, I'm not patting my own back, but fuck, it took a certain amount of courage to fucking expose myself to the world because it was a Bro. bigger picture. It was it was mm-hmm. my message to the guys that have fallen in trace to me. You know, mm-hmm. it was my message to tell them, bro, you're okay because I was there. Exactly. You know, exactly. I was where that's, you were, no man. This is fucking normal, but you got to get up and overcome this shit. And that's why yep. I had to say that. You know, exactly. you have to be the oh. first motherfucker to admit we're not perfect. You know, and, perfect. And, and the reason and we are where we are is because yeah. of the shit we've been through and the shit we've seen. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people are, are, are not a lot, but you talk about the veteran community where it's supposed to be a, a macho type thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, veterans are looked at. We, we, we come from a time where after 2001, it's like, oh, you're a veteran. Thank you for your service. Oh, you're in the military. Thank you for your service. And, you know, we've been built up to that. And you don't want the public eye to see that, you know, that little bit of dirt you have going on back mm-hmm. there that, hey, everyone sees the 22 or whatever you want to call it a day suicide rate in the veteran community. But no one really, really wants to talk about it. What is the end cause? I can tell you from my experience, all the guys that I know who have committed suicide, personally, good friends of mine, bro, alcohol was the, you know, was the common it denominator was. in all of it. It, it was, was alcohol. And I'm not saying alcohol is, a, is, is the, the, the key factor, but I think that it also has a lot. Well, it's all in the mind. And mm-hmm. I think that 
The same reason why we don't want to talk about that so much is the same reason why the NFL doesn't want to talk about, you know, brain damage and why they're committing suicide and doing dumb stuff after so many hits to the head. But yet you can have a spec ops guy go eat, you know, C4 charges 25 feet away, 500 consecutive times on deployment, you know, concussions. I, I just, I just, maybe we, I don't know. There's so much that I want to talk about and get out there and it's not to shun anyone or make anyone look bad, but it's like, Hey, there's a bigger issue. It, it, it's always bigger than you. You know, when you die, bro, and when I die and, and I live to the age of 76, 80, you do the same thing. What was that all worth? What was that 80 years of knowledge gained for? What did you learn in that time? Who's going to remember you? Something. Who's going to remember you after you die? Yeah. You know, who, who did you help along the way? You know, and that's what, and the same, man, it's crazy because that's the same goal I have is just let someone else that has walked my path know that, bro, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Have that fucking and foresight. It, exactly. You know, it's kind of a trip. Same, I, I still have the same Glock, bro, where I almost, you know, try taking my life with. But I think that knowledge is everything, whether it's good or bad, because everyone has a story to tell. You're going to learn two things from that, that, that story, what to do, what not to do. Everyone has a story, bro. Dude, let me tell so you, I, I, tattooed, I tattooed this fucking skull on my hand, and I tell people that, you know, I, I tattooed my hand so I, I just I won't go back into the military. But yeah, the truth yeah. is, the, 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 my right hand is the hand that created so much devastation in my life. For one, bro, it's, my, it's my trigger you hand. You did the same thing. Yes, Dude, bro. my whole right arm, it's got the Reaper skull, all the death stuff, bro. Yes, it's, it's the right hand that arm. I rolled yeah. up those fucking $20 bills with and fucking blew through those lines. It's the hand that I rolled that fucking weed up with. It's the hand that I fucking take those shots of fucking liquor with. It's that hand, and it reminds me that that's the fucking hand of destruction. You know, exactly. and when I look but at it every time, it I keeps think- me in line. You know, but I would I would I would counter that with this, though, Jason, is that is that is that more of a reminder? Because you got to think about the, the subconscious and how how powerful the mind is. If I were to tell you, you know, at a young age or, or from now that, you, you know, if if you were to write down on a piece of paper, you know, uh, let's say if you wanted uh, something in life, a goal, you wrote that one goal down on a piece of paper, put it in your pocket, put it in your wallet, put it in your back pocket, moved on with your life. You wrote it down. You've seen it. You wrote it. You put the words on paper. Now it's in your back pocket. Every time you go to touch your back pocket, let's say if it's in your wallet, subconsciously, bro, it's going to send a signal to your brain to let you remember that goal. You don't have to always say it or whatever. So by you having... But by you know, speaking it or writing it, you manifest it into reality. So you're always, for me, what I realized, you know, I say we have those chapters in life, bro. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. do I always... Do I want to stick on the same chapter in a book or... Do I want to keep my hand on one chapter, chapter five, and then read the rest of the book? But after every chapter, I revert back to chapter five. That's a weird way of reading the book, right? <laughs> no, you know? I get it, bro. Yeah, so I, would say I that, totally get it. I would say to get rid of negativity and to get rid of the alcohol or whatever, bro, what if you change your whole concept of thinking that, that you know what, every time I do look at this, and it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you remind me of all the bad stuff. Bro, you already know the bad stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've been there. So what's the point? So when you look at it, it's like, I've been there. I've seen the fucking outcome. I've seen what Mm -hmm. it produces. Fuck that, dude. Like, what's the point? And then you move on to other things. And And then on your other hand, you have your dog. And then on the other hand, I have my dog and all that. You know what I mean? It's just so crazy that the way I went from fucking being who I was to like this soft ass fucking tattoo artist, fucking dad. I can't even fucking raise my voice at my daughter now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but I made so many mistakes and it's, but I love, I love where I'm at right now. But I I wouldn't, I wouldn't love where I'm at. If I didn't appreciate where I was, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know what I was going to say when I was throwing this out there that's kind of a trip is like, 
I'm pretty sure all three of us in our families probably have like men with these awesome, incredible stories. You know, I think of my grandpa, World War II veteran, you know, uh, gunnery instructor. Uh, he wasn't like a combat um, veteran or anything. But you know what I mean? He that still, era. Sir, fuck so that, and, and awesome <laughs> guy. And but but I thought about this kind of recently, and I don't. I, I feel like all three of us don't care about fame, but maybe care about legacy. But yeah. this probably goes for all three of us, even though I'm not a veteran. I, when I think about it, I'm probably the most famous person in my family. And the same mm-hmm. probably goes for both of you. Yeah. Like, did anyone yep. in your family no. write a book, Jason? You know no. what I mean? And yeah. so it's, would, it's an interesting thing legacy, when you think about though? legacy. Like, because I know now what that... What's your definition that, of legacy, though? But I just, well, my great, my great-grandmother was married to Buddy Holly, though. I mean, great-grandaunt, sorry, but never mind. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I mean. A hundred yeah. years from now... Uh, mm-hmm. if, you know, my great, 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 whatever grandchildren, <laughs> if I have them, if they mm-hmm. want, they can listen to like hours on oh, end yeah, of me right. on soft rep radio. And mm-hmm. I don't have any of that with any of my ancestors. You know what I mean? And they'll, they'll get a sense of who I am. Like there's so much on the internet of all three of us, right. good or bad. I would say legacy. I would define, I, I define it differently and I, I just see it differently. Then, well, you know, what, what, there's nothing wrong with, with the way you define, you know, what legacy well, means part to you. Of I know there's an exact de- definition for it, but I think that legacy is more about, uh, you know, not, what, not necessarily what you leave behind about yourself, but it's like the knowledge of what you can leave behind to propel the next, the next force, the next generation. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah, be able to go back and read, you know, great, great granddad Nick Irving's book, you know, but, but what do they get from that? Yeah, they get a cool story. They get a chance to see who I was. But what did that do for them? But they you know, could get to hear this conversation. Them? They could dig up this conversation right here about legacy, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is kind of yeah, cool. That is, you know, yeah, not just the family, but the guys that walked in our path. You know what I'm saying? It's cool to say, bro, I'm not that fucked up. You know what I just yeah, That's what I want to yeah, do yeah. for guys. You and know it's all saying? about help. It's all about help, man. And I mean, when you die, what happens? Hey, you, you, you disintegrate, you go back to the earth, you turn back to soil, and then what? You know, what happens after that? That, that soil has been blown around over the road many, many times. Eventually, it has settled down and it becomes nutrients and, and the, uh, you know, planting, I guess, pot or field for, mm-hmm. for a future tree or something like that. And what does that tree grow up to do? It grows up to live to be thousands of hundreds or thousands of years old. And what does that fucking tree do, bro? It provides oxygen. And it affects so much more, so much more people. So what you put into the dirt, eventually, no matter how you look at it, bro, you're going to become something, a plant. You're going to. You're going to influence the action of a plant or contribute to a plant. That plant's going to affect so much more than just what you were on earth. What's another bro. name for that, bro? Responsibility, that? bro. Responsibility. Exactly. Knowing so that, you- knowing that your words will have a fucking effect and an impact on someone, but it's crazy because yeah. I never knew I had this platform, you know. And I, I think I was telling Brandon the other day, uh, some fucking uh, kid, you know, a guy, man, man, a mm-hmm. fucking grown man, hit me up on fucking yep. Instagram a few months ago and was like, bro. I read your story in fucking Shock Factor, and you inspired yeah. me to join the Marine Corps and become a scout sniper. And I'm over yeah, here, like, all nonchalant, those, like, fucking, oh, word, bro? So are you in a unit yeah. now? He goes, bro, I fucking got out. I'm working fucking delivering mail or some shit. This motherfucker yeah. read my shit, got inspired. That's what he says. He got inspired, yeah. went into the Marine Corps, became a fucking scout sniper, went overseas, operated, came back home, got out, and now he's a fucking mailman. And... 
No, you just added another chapter in someone's life, bro. You know what I'm saying? And the whole whole time I'm over here bullshitting with my thumb up my ass. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what? How old am I? Completely true. Because you're always that too. You're always doing stuff. You know, I'm always moving forward. Like uh, like Nick, you know, I kind of I kind of like adopt that whole Bruce Lee shit. You know, I flow with water, bro. Whatever comes my way, I'm taking it. You know what I mean? Because if it's something that intrigues me, I'm I'm into it. I'm gonna fucking try it out because you never know. It's like fucking jujitsu, bro. If the arm bar's not working, let it go and work fucking an ankle lock, bro. You know what I mean? But man, to even like hear that, it bugged me the fuck out, man. It was like what. What I said, yeah. and to me, it was just like, fuck it, yeah, throw my story in the book, I'll contribute, fuck it. And, and I'm still me, mm-hmm. I'm not even tripping over it, you know what I mean? Because like he said earlier, you, Nick, you, you, you alluded to this earlier, it's like, it's not that big of a deal to you, you'll get the movie deals, you'll get the book deals, you'll get the fucking liaison deals to be fucking military liaisons on fucking shows like SEAL Team fucking shit, you know what I mean? And you, you'll get all this, and to you, it's like, fuck, it's just me, bro, it's, it's another it's fucking It's normal day. life, dude, yeah. I think people get this idea of I'm this type of way, this type of way, bro. Like, no, man. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm Dude, still when did I meet you? That. When did yeah. I meet you? I met you a few years ago before your book even like, came out. And, yeah, and, before, and you yeah. met me when I was in jack shit. I was yep. like, yep. I do the voice on this fucking podcast like once. And then you were yep. like the second episode. And I wasn't shit, bro. I was in San Diego hustling in some fucking crackhead that. ass tattoo shops. You know, yep, and yeah, yeah, bro. And it's like, we weren't shit, bro. And now look, fucking fast forward. Who would have fucking thought four or five years from now, you know, from then. And look where the fuck we are. Because you know what? We go with the flow, bro. You know, we don't you let know, shit stop oh, us. And, and exactly. And I think that that's the large contributing factor is that like quitting, it, it, it's, I don't understand what quitting is. And, and I would say that because quitting to me, my whole definition, it, it's, it's it's basically ceasing the persist of a goal, the pers- the pursuit of a goal yeah. that your heart never really wanted or heard in the first place. And I allude, to, not allude, but I go on to the fact that like that little voice that you, hey Jason, ask yourself a question in your head. Don't say it out loud, but All just right. ask yourself any question in your head right now. Did you ask it? Yeah. Did you hear it? Fuck yeah, I heard the voice. What voice did you hear? That was my voice, motherfucker. <laughs> how was that? Okay, now I would, I would say to you, how was that even possible? That's weird if we because I heard something, work? but I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> exactly. So that's your belief. I can't tell you, no, Jason, that's physically, that is, that is impossible for your yeah, ears to have heard an auditory, auditory sound that is deciphered by your brain because your eardrums are never affected by vibration, right? Yeah. It's impossible. But you tell me, no, Nick, you're full of shit. I heard it. You can't tell me anything different. You believe that so much. You believe it so much. So you know it's there. You know that voice is there. You can always go to it at any point in time because you know it's 100% without a doubt it's there. Dude, that's the self-awareness on a whole other fucking level, bro. Yeah, the pursuit of a goal for me, I look at it the same way. If I don't feel it with my heart, if I don't hear it with that little voice in my head to say, hey, go for that, then I don't do it because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I know that when I ask myself a question in my head, that's me. That's the... That's the realest you that you're ever going to ever going to get. You know, that's the only person that can talk to you without moving their lips or make a sound. But you hear them 100 percent. For sure. That's the only only person in, in, in the world is that thing inside your head. It's not a voice. Mm. It's impossible. I'm going to so tra- the- I'm going to transition off of this. I do. I, I, I'm I loving this deep talk. I, can get I mean, deep, bro. I, can I get feel deep. If anybody I love it. I, I feel like I'm on Joe Rogan's podcast right now, more so than soft rap. But I love we transition. But before we transition, what you just said right now, like and this is what I was asking. This is why I was asking fucking Nick if he if he like subscribes to like Tim Ferriss or those guys like that. Like, bro, you're 
motherfuckers that have just knocked out goal after goal after goal, you start to become comfortable in your own skin, and then you start to a- analyze shit. You start to analyze life, and you, you know yep. the, your Why encounters the a, with people in life, and you start to understand For sure. shit on a more profound level. You know what I mean? And let me tell you something right now, Nick. You're on that path, bro. I see you as a motivational speaker, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I do want to transition onto something else here because I, I do want to make sure we cover some really big news that's happening. I mean. We talked about the New York City terrorist attack, SEAL Team 6 stuff. But another big thing that happened earlier this week, U.S. captures key militant in Benghazi attack, which is Mustafa al-Imam, scheduled to be charged in federal court, will not go to Guantanamo Bay. I know that this is a whole other topic (laughs) from what we were talking about, but I wanted to make sure that we at least cover it, and and I wanted to hear your take on that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think of guys like Chris Peranto, who will hopefully get on the next show and, and... if this gives them some closure that we're capturing these types of guys. Yeah, I would, I would believe so, man. But I think that, you know, if you ask me, I like Chris, you know, uh, Ranger, I know him good, you know, great solid dude. I think if you were to ask him yet, he'd be happy, but I don't think that he'd feel that that ace in the deck, you know, uh, is finally in the hole. And he's, you know, he talks about it and, you know, it's a big Hillary Clinton type thing and, you know, scandal and, uh, we all know the story behind it. Sure. So I don't think that until mm. that number one yeah. on, which I know is their list, is in the hole, it, you know, it, it's one of those things like, yeah, you killed, you know, the HVT in Afghanistan, but you didn't get bin Laden yet, bro. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I get that's it, how bro. I would, that's how I would compare it to how I would think, you know, Chris uh, or, or one of the guys who was there, how they would refer to. Because at the end of the day, I hear where you're coming from, and I think from any motherfucker on the ground that's been on a two-way range, two-way range, mm-hmm. bro, will think about it. It's like that motherfucker right there. He was born to hate me. His goal mm-hmm. in life was to fucking kill me, and yeah. th- that is what it is. So okay, I got him, but mm-hmm. what else went wrong during that fucking yep. situation? And who else mm-hmm. can be held accountable for that shit? And until that person is fucking held accountable, I'm not going to fucking sleep at night. Exactly. And that's exactly, yep, that's exactly where I'm going, man. That's I how I think you, those guys would feel just because I would feel that way if I were there. So I'm pretty sure that's where they would come from, 100%. It would mean nothing. I mean, dude, I've killed a lot of guys. A lot of guys. But you still have not, a fucking certain respect for those motherfuckers exactly, that you kill exactly. because you know what? That's their bias. That's their life. That's what exactly. they were trained to do. That's what they were brought up to do. You know what? You want to come kill me, motherfucker? You can try. Whatever. And I'll tell you what. Yeah. There's, there, was a, there were a few who put up a really good fight to the point where I'm like, you know what? This is it. I lost mine. But that sense of accomplishment of like, it's a respect level. Like, dude, he put out a hell of a fight. Yes. I knew he showed up. There were some guys you wouldn't even know showed up to the fight. But there were some that was like, yeah, he showed up. Respect, you know? And then last thing before we get out of here, I know I talked about it at the beginning of the show, and I said wanted to hear a little bit more in depth. Um, you know, we're going pretty long here, but before we let you go, um, Reaper Ghost Target with uh, General Anthony Tata, who goes by AJ Tata as an author. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what the book is going to be? And, um, yeah, folks should definitely pre-order it now. It's, it's out May 8th. Um, but give us a little bit of background on what it's all about. Yeah, so anybody, uh, you don't have to have read, you know, any of my previous books. But if you have it's read, it's a novel. So yeah, it's a novel. Yeah, and if you if you have read the first one, I have a little cool of a twist to it. Uh, 
I know a lot of guys. I've, I'm not even going to put that out. There. That's too much, too much. But it's really, really, really. Cool <laughs> I could hear. I could tell if Nick is like calculating as he's speaking. He's like, oh, yeah, do I want to say really that? Cool. He's on his Jay Z shit. You did at least give us <laughs> no, the exclusive no, no. that the but movie's saying, happening. So no, that's it's cool. A, it, no, the description's out there, but there's a little twist that the description does not have. Um, of a little, you know, something I put in there for. It's a cool twist, man. But essentially, it's my story. You'll see a lot of connections between Vic Harwood and. And yeah, his like, kills are like 33 kills in 90 rifle. days. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he, he had a certain rifle and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a lot of you know, correlation between me and him. But I think for a lot of guys in the military, this is where I went with the book was, you know, after you get out, you have those woulda, coulda, shoulda, maybe I, you know, should have done this differently. And then you get the special operations. So I was like, what if I did do this and I couldn't talk about some of that stuff underneath the, you know, nonfictional side? Maybe it's a combination of the two. I won't say. But I will say that, you know, uh, Vic Harwood is set up um, by an enemy. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's PTSD. Maybe it is uh, another outside source. But he's strategically taking out some really, really high up people, uh, businessmen, um, you know, around the area that I happen to be training, which is in Fort Bragg, training some uh, special operations snipers. That's my new gig now, mm. or Vic Harwood's new gig. And he's training, oh, uh, you know, uh, stuff. I don't know. Hey, is, is Vic black or is he white boy? What, what, what's Vic? <laughs> and then maybe I'm in the area and I, I you know, I suffer. Here, why tell me? Here, why tell me? I suffer, or Vic Harwood suffered from an you know, explosion from, you know, an IED attack in Afghanistan. Got blown up. His spotter went missing. His rifle was never recovered. He wakes up in a hospital, bro, and uh, things are just not there. You get that little TBI thing, and I black or Vic Harwood blacks out on the TBI shit. He may or may not have been in a in an area I where smell. maybe a CEO or a Fortune 500 company or someone <laughs> of influence. It's you know basically shacked, bro, and everything adds up because it's like I lost my rifle overseas. No idea where that went. Got blown up, but the ammo or the 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 rifling and the serial numbers and stuff like that all matched back to my rifle. I, I'm blacked. I don't know what happened. You know what what did happen? Or Vic doesn't know what happened. Um, and maybe, maybe maybe there's a reoccurrence. And because the spotter, you know, he was he went missing. Mm. Uh, the spotter he happens to resurface back up, and I'm like, what the heck? And it's starting to hit close to home. I'm starting to be investigated. Our Vic's starting to be investigated by the FBI, you. you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Department of Homeland Security and stuff like that. And things are still happening. Things are still happening. My rifles just happen to always be there. And these shots are, you know, that's from a sniper. Uh, my spotter happens to resurface. I don't know what his issue is. Our Vic's spotter resurfaces. <laughs> and maybe it's him. Maybe it's not. Maybe who knows what happened, you know, bro. But it. I will tell you this. that There's a really, really cool twist. And. Brad Thor, uh, number one New York Times bestseller, you know, big famous mm-hmm. time author. He got a chance to read it. And uh, he said it's one hell of a read and he couldn't put it amazing. down. And his quotes on the back of the book and That's he would amazing. compare it to, he said, think Jason Bourne and think, you know, Bob Lee Swagger and then get ready for one hell of a read. Brother. But it's not like those two guys. It's kind of a. You'll get it. Okay. You'll get it when you read it. And I, I smell a little really vigilantism coming on, but I don't know. I didn't read the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, but what I will ask you. Or maybe, oh, and uh, just so happens to be, this is another little cool twist I can throw out there, was uh, most of the guys, 99% of them, uh, that Big Harwood happened to be around, and these guys that are turning up dying, happened to be uh, part of some big-time uh, sex trafficking uh, organization. So okay. is it a... Hey, do we kind of turn a blind eye to what Vic Harwood may or may not be doing? Either way, you know, he's taking out sex 
trafficking people. But then why is his uh, significant other, Vic Harwood's mm. significant other, or, or someone like that, is he killing them too? Or why, why is one popping up in certain situations and some are not? What is he really doing? Is he tripping out? And to be, I don't know. I don't know. You got to read it, man. How hard good- was it to create a fictional world? <clears throat> Bro, not hard because I live there like 90% of the day anyways. So you got to visualize it while you were writing it. You got to see the stories in your mind right. and just lay it out articulately. Or I even... I knew who Vic was, knew his, you know, what he looked like. Mm-hmm. I knew his background. I knew all that. And I knew the story that, you know, may or may not have happened. It could have happened or something like that. And I also knew that the time, of, uh, you know, we, the day and age we live in now where terrorist attacks are, are more and more frequent and, you know, things of that nature. And we have this whole veteran community thing where, you know, there's a PT, uh, PTSD and guys have TBI and you hear stories about, you know, the SEAL Team 6 thing. Um, a lot of that you hear in the news and I was like, you know what, I can mix all this together, kind of shed some light on something, uh, take people through a really, really intense journey. And I think that it it, it took two years to write, man, two years of a lot of thinking, two years of a lot of thinking and uh, this puzzle together, bro. And and that's my average timeline. If I'm going to do something Mm -hmm. and present, cause you don't really, I don't believe in putting out a product that you half-ass bro. Like you're not buying, not just buying a book or something like that. You're, You're buying a piece of me and you know, I, I appreciate that. And if anybody wants to put their money into a Nick Irving or a Jason Delgado, whatever, me personally, if you want to spend something on that, bro, I have to give you me. I have to give you 110%. Because if not, I let you down. It, it, it's not fair. I don't believe in bad business, bro. Let's, just, let's just get it out in the open. We don't half-ass yeah. shit. With that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't half-ass anything, bro. And I think that, you know, uh, being more creative with my mind and stuff like that, dude, I think that, Oh, there's more to, you know, there's more out there than just, yeah, the war stories and stuff like that are cool, bro. But, you know, there's there's so much more that we can do in the veteran community than, uh, you know, to tell the story of X, Y and Z that's, you know, it's been told or whatever. Like what happened to the Picassos, bro? What happened to the, you know, William Shakespeare's, the, you know, uh, the the greats of, of literature and stuff like that? What happened to those guys? They did nothing but just use their creative mind. You know, I'm not saying that I'm the next, or I'm not saying. Look at Hemingway. Look at Hemingway. Perfect path. You know what I mean? He was a he was a veteran. You know, he was a soldier, and then got into you know literature. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just you're just yep. showing guys that you know what you're you're more than what people classify you as. Just exactly. Tra- you're transcend, more than just a, transcend these labels. Exactly, bro. You're a killer and all this and that, but hey, you're a creative guy who can think and, and have a. A product out there that you know, even oh, a perfect example. Dude, I grew up playing Rainbow Six by Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's people, bro, they were they loved the book. His authors have written reviews uh, for the book and stuff like that. Like, dude, this is it's up there, man. Like, it, it's Sweet. I don't half-ass things, and I think my imagination, my mind, bro. Just like I said, you have a lot of I have a lot of time to think about things more than some, more than some. So thinking to me. Dude, I, it took two years to think of a, a, a two-hour conversation is what me, what me and AJ had. It was a two-hour conversation, then it was off to the road, but it took two hours to accumulate that thought. You know, The people on the other end, uh, the, the reader and, and people who pick it up or listen to it or something like that, dude, you'll get a chance to see that you know, it, it was a, it's very well thought out. You know, I love chess. I'll, you know, openly, people know that from the first book, but I love chess and I look at life like chess and I look at this book like chess. You know, there's, what you think 
is there, it, it's not there, bro. Mm. Nothing's real. I, I will say that nothing is nothing is real, bro. It's very sniperish, dude. Very That's awesome. Ah. I think people are going to be really amped for this. I mean, it's a while until it comes out, but you could pre-order now. It's May eighth, Reaper Ghost Target, a sniper novel with AJ Tata. And you guys can look back. AJ was on the show before, and he was an awesome guest as well. Um, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Irving underscore Nicholas. Uh, on Instagram at official reaper 33. I don't have even have it in front of me, but that's right, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. official reaper 33. Anything else that you're plugging uh, before we wrap this one up? <clears throat> no, man. I just uh, no nothing, dude. Just positivity, bro. Positivity. This is why I love like, Sock Rep Radio. You're like, there's no other interview you're gonna do. I mean, you see Nick on Fox News and everywhere else. You're not gonna get this content <laughs> out of know. Nick anywhere else. So, hey, Nick. No, I will no, say no, this though. You. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, it's go ahead, finish. Real man, I think that like, I don't know what my goal is or, or my 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 overall path in life, bro. But I mean, right now, I would I would just say that where I'm at in life, bro, only took one small one small change, dude, and that was just positivity every day, dude. Just something positive. There's just so much bullshit out there. You start looking at yourself and making you yourself better, telling yourself that you're fucking you're better than whatever situation you're in, dude. Like things happen, bro. I'm a living example and I've been practicing this way of whatever lifestyle or whatever, dude, for since things have been happening. So that's, that's so the cool. secret, dude. And anyone can do it, bro. Nick, you anyone. know what you know what I wrote down in my book for uh you know, projecting my thoughts into into the world? What's that? I, I'm still gonna come to Texas and drive your fucking Lamborghini, bro. <laughs> bro, come down, man. Come down. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love you, bro. You're fucking like Calm the down, most dude. awesome fucking guest on this motherfucker, bro. Awesome, man. Come down, bro. Anytime, bro. Anytime. I'm not going to take it up to New York and drive anything crazy. <laughs> I'll take keep up there, but it's got a flat tire and it's got the uh, engine light on. But, bro, <laughs> I will bring that up there. You want to come down to Texas? I got plenty of open road, man. Yeah, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Nick. Oh, yeah. Anytime, guys. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Dude, kick-ass full interview with Nick Irving there. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're taking your headphones off. I was going to say, we, we got to wrap up here with Throw Punch My of the bad. Week, of course. Oh, shit, I forgot about Throw yeah. Punch. It's because, you know, Nick felt like I sealed the deal there. You yeah, know? oh, how, this is, we're awesome, doing a full two-hour podcast here. So Dude, the he people, hypes me up, bro. He no, really does. Nick is great. Um, uh, So any of you who are, like, skeptical of how this podcast is going to sound, like, this is, I think this is a pretty fucking solid episode, I could say. I, I love Nick, though. Um, and, and we're going to keep bringing on those caliber of guests. Um, so before we wrap up throat punch of the week, the funny thing that I was thinking about this is in the past, Jack Murphy was always like the level-headed guy, didn't get into a lot of drama and it was usually branded doing the honors of throat punch of the week. I feel like something has shifted and he's become, Brandon's become very calm. I mean, there's one guy that they've been going back and forth. I'm not going to say any names. You know who I'm talking about on Instagram and stuff. But other than that, not a whole lot of drama. This seems like a little bit of drama going on with Jack. I don't really, I personally don't know any of the guys at Task and Purpose. But since Jack has been shooting his TV show and hasn't been around, I figured we'd at least give a throw punch of the week uh, in his honor. We need a sound for throw punch. We do. Of the we week. have one. Just like, you got to be like, Psh. Like that. It's the one I've been using. I mean, if you want to send me nah, over I'm another just sound saying, clip. I'm just saying. It's got to sound goofy. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's fun, man. But um, <laughs> all right. So I'll read Jack's entire epic post here about task and purpose. Um, so here's what he wrote. 
I resisted, I resisted criticizing task and purpose as I think slamming companies that can be seen as competitors comes off as crass. But that ends tonight. After writing an article about self-described communist former ranger and former West Point cadets, cadet Spencer Rapone, one of the task and purpose writers went out of his way to describe me as a racist and member of the alt-right. Which, it's, it's so funny. Jack's been accused of being, like, a left-wing liberal <laughs> and now a member of the alt-right. Like, he really does not get a, get a break sometimes. So Alexander McCoy was seemingly uh, apoplectic that I had called out Rapone for what he is, a communist infiltrator in the U.S. Army. I threw my bullshit flag at McCoy, he backed down, and I called it a day. Whatever. Then today, Task and Purpose senior editor Adam Weinstein gets his wine on, <laughs> calling my work jingoistic and attempted to use my education against me, expressing disbelief that I attended the same college as he did. Well, we, ha- we might have gone to the same school, but clearly the similarities end there. My life experiences must be far different than his. I take his pseudo-intellectual horseshit for exactly what it is. To top it all off, both of these guys pull the same pussified, let's be bros and get all unified when I call them out on their bullshit. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. I would have a lot more respect for them if they stuck to their guns instead of making fictitious claims about me and then trying to hug it out. One writer is one thing, but two is a pattern. It's funny because I've always tried to maintain a positive relationship with task and purpose. I know I knew their former editor-in-chief. I've met their CEO, Zach Iskell, before. Um, don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Sure, our politics differ, but this is America. Express yourself how you want. That's your business. I suppose the outrage from task and purpose should come as no surprise, considering the fact that those ass clowns wrote an extended apology piece for a poem found here. He links to it. Uh, at least their agenda is transparent. And no, you can't hate America and our Constitution while being a good soldier in the U.S. Army. End of fucking story. So here it ends. No passive-aggressive bullshit. Fuck this bubblegum military news site that that has zero sources and is really just a puppet of public affairs officers. Fuck Alexander McCoy. Fuck Adam Weinstein. Fuck Task and Purpose. For your information, here's the real deal on Rapone uh, is what these closet communists are so upset about. And then he gives his article... Um, so yeah, I'm sure you've seen the picture of this guy with the, uh, I think he'd like a Che Guevara shirt. Yeah, you, there you go. And also holding up the communist manifesto, uh, book. And it's, it's more than just one picture. Like this guy literally subscribes to this. So fuck that, bro. That's not what this fucking nation is about. This is a capitalist society. We fought long, hard and sacrificed many of millions of thousands of people to just get to where we are, to try to have this individual think that he can undo it by infiltrating or uh, somehow getting to a position of influence, you know? And I'm sorry, but I, my whole my whole cry to battle once I saw those photos was kick that fucker out of West Point, you know? Which I think was Jack's as well. Yeah, you know, so. you know cause we... It, how can you say you serve this nation and yet oppose the nation? It's a, he's a walking contradiction. Yeah. So throw punch of the week from Jack Murphy, I guess would be to that guy and to task and purpose. Fuck both those I'll, guys. I'll throw it out there. I don't know the people at task and purpose. I don't know, man, but if Jack hates them, I hate them. <laughs> Fuck All that right. shit. <laughs> that works for me. So, um, I just figured I would read that. Hopefully Jack will be back soon. He's been like MIA. He's a big Hollywood star now. 
Um, but yeah, I uh, look. I'm looking forward to episode 300 because by then, uh, fingers crossed, we'll have some new imaging that I'm working on with Kara, our voiceover chick, doing the um, you know British voiceover, which people love. And it'll have Jason's name. I have my Alexa on British voice. Really? Hell yeah. I'll be like, Alexa, turn on the bedroom. <laughs> She'd be like, okay. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of got bit by the bug in London, bro. Yeah. So we'll have um, Jason's name in there and audio of Jason and Jack and also my name at the intro. Because people have said, it says, you know, it originally said Brandon, Jack, and the rest of the boys at Safra. But I got an email that were like, why is your name not in the intro? Aren't you kind of the host here? So yeah, it's going to have all three of our names, which Good is point. cool. Um, all right. So last things before we get out of here, as a reminder for all those who are listening for a limited time, you can receive a 50% membership to soft rep TV, 50% off our channel that offers the most exclusive shows, documentaries, and interviews covering the most exciting military content today. Soft rep TV's premier show training cell follows former special operations forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country Everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, climbing, and much more. Again, you can watch this content by subscribing to Softrep TV at softreptv.us and take advantage of a limited time offer of 50% off your membership. That's only $4.99 a month. And then also, of course, Crate Club, which I love. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out the Softrep Crate Club, you're definitely going to want to do that ASAP. It's a subscription to get a box of badass tactical and survival gear delivered to your door every month. Here's the kicker. All of the gear is handpicked and tested by former special ops guys, so you know you're getting quality gear that's going to work when you need it to. Crates we've sent in the past have included gear like custom knives, multi-tools, fire starters, EDC med kits, and I'll throw out there that I love the uh, survival belt in the last one. I mean, that belt has a pocket knife in it, a um, fire starter, LED light, and it looks like a regular fashionable-looking belt. You would really never know. Um, You don't just get great gear with your subscription. You're also supporting a veteran-owned and run company. Plus, our Crate Club subscribers are invited to our annual club party. Um, We had that in Vegas this year. We're going to do it again in January, which, by the way, are you coming to SHOT Show? You're going to be there? I mean, I I intend to, but God knows what the hell is going to happen when it goes down. But I'll go. I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been there. I want to party in a mansion and jacuzzi and shit. I don't think we're doing the mansion, unfortunately. Uh, But I do, you know, I think we're getting hotels. Uh, It'll be sick either way. To subscribe and start getting your gear, visit crateclub.us. We also have gift options available. That's crateclub.us. Um, last thing that I wanted to let you all know, have you ever wondered what it might be like to captain some of the greatest warships of World War II? If you have, then you should check out World of Warships, the free-to-play historical online combat game from Wargaming. Download World of Warships for free today at commandwarships.com to begin your naval adventure. Make sure you enter the code SPECIALOPS17 when you download to get a ton of bonus content courtesy of SoftRep Radio. That includes a free premium ship, the famous cruiser Aurora, and a pile of in-game currency to jumpstart your epic World War II naval experience. Just download World of Warships today at commandwarships.com and start playing. So yeah, that's commandwarships.com. The um, code on there is special ops. 17. I know it's usually soft rep, but on that one, it is special ops 17. 
You know, it's funny that I'm, I'm realizing doing a full two hour episode. I usually have like my full weed or something, you know, um, jug of water <laughs> and like I'm needing it right now. Because now Thirsty. I just have my glass of water, yeah. and I'm—I can tell you are too. Like I'm lit. We've talked our I'm asses off. On my second off. glass of whiskey, I'm lit. <laughs> hey, let me that Suntory whiskey. Wow, that, that yeah. shit is smooth. People have really been digging the Japanese whiskey. I know, Bro, thanks it's to Brandon. Serious. So yeah. it is something else. Um, I guess before we get out of here, I, you always—your uh, big thing is at J Gel at J Delgado Arte. That's on right, Instagram. my Instagram. You're more on Instagram than anything else. Yeah, it's no, because I, yeah, I, I link the Instagram to Twitter and Facebook, but my whole thing is Instagram because I don't want to hear your fucking comments. <laughs> and you're you an artist. I mean? Yeah, and I'm an artist. I'm a visual person, so yeah. yeah. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soprep Radio. You could email us, uh, softrep.radio at softrep.com. Hopefully, we'll get to some emails in the next few episodes. And as uh, we end this, Jason and I are going to figure out who we're going to book for the rest of the month. So I'm excited. I'm going to get some shit up in here. Listen, guys, I'm going to get some some vets in here that are doing great things. You know, I, I want to highlight veterans doing, you know, pursuing the entrepreneurial uh, path. Um, I, I'm trying to get Jesse here. The next uh, Jesse Davenport. If you, those of you who who have read my book, know that I admire the hell out of that guy right there. He's probably one of the best snipers, as far as one shot, one kill, uh, comes to mind. He's probably one of the best snipers I've ever encountered, and he was my my partner. You know, and we're gonna get on the phone and we're gonna talk some shit. So you guys could look forward to that. Let me tell you, guys, I had a conversation with him uh, yesterday in the gym, and man, my heart was racing the entire time because it was just nostalgic. You guys go beautiful. to the same gym? No, I was on the phone with him. He called. Oh, okay. Because I, I was like, he lives... if he's in the Bronx, I no, figured we have him on. I wish. I wish. No, he lives. He lives somewhere around North Carolina or whatever. So, um, man, let me tell you, a lot. Of, I get a lot of guys hitting me up on my inbox asking me because the way my book ended, you know. As I wrote the book, guys, you have to understand, I was in Afghanistan. It was a few years ago, a couple years ago. Um, it, I didn't, I didn't know of Jesse. I didn't hear of him. I didn't know of his exploits or what he's, what he's done, you know. And I just recently came in contact with him. So I, a lot of guys hit me up and like, "How's Jesse? Have you heard of him?" and stuff like that. And let me tell you, it's gonna be an awesome episode, man. This is one of the baddest fucking snipers I've ever dealt with, you know. And the stories we have are gonna be just awesome, man killer show man and if you guys appreciate that we're doing this free twice every week it's all, free yeah all we ask of you guys <laughs> write a review on uh apple Podcasts or itunes you know what's funny it still says itunes everywhere and like they hit me up months ago and we're like we're rebranding everything as apple podcast but it still says itunes a lot of places but you know what i'm talking about uh leave your review on there and uh, yeah, we have a five star review. We'll be back on Friday with an all new episode. Always great hanging with you, man. You too, man. I still practice your voice at night. I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there one of these days. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Softwork Radio, a part of Hurricane Group. The difficult done immediately, the impossible by appointment only. Shows are recorded at our studio in Chelsea, New York City. Special thanks to our producer and co-host, Ian Scotto. Follow the show on Twitter at SoftRepRadio. Radio.